This week, we're breaking down The Mandalorian Season 1, right here on the High Ground Podcast. Hello, and thank you everyone for joining me here on the High Ground Podcast. Um, I am, I'm stoked because we are doing the, uh, the the Mandalorian episode right now. I mean, it's currently uh, October 14th, but now that I've staggered it out a week, this will be coming out right before the new season. So we're, we're going to be building some hype. And yeah, I, I'm excited. Um, I spoke to you a little bit about uh, you being excited for it, Matt, as well. But oh, yeah. it's, I mean... More, more Star Wars is, is always good, right? Um, but yeah, why don't we go ahead and jump into it? I want to go around, talk to everyone, find out uh, who are you? <laughs> how did you get started with, uh, and, and how did you get started with uh, Star Wars? I'll go to Matt first. Alrighty. Well, hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Matt Mellish. I am currently on TikTok, and I started there making a lot of Lego and Star Wars content. And I think that's kind of where you found me. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started doing a little bit of YouTube stuff, but really, I've just always loved Star Wars so much. But ironically, back in the very, very beginning, if you want to know how I really got into it, I hated Star Wars. Um, okay. As a kid, <laughs> when I was like eight years old, I was the nerd, but not necessarily into Star Wars yet. And I was just kind of always an outcast on the middle school playground, honestly. Um, Got bullied a lot because I went to a very private middle school, right? So just people said mean things as kids, right? I think we can (laughs) somehow relate to that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But then, you know, I I watched these kids in the playground play Star Wars, right? And I'm like, I don't know anything about Star Wars. I've never seen Star Wars. And they're like, well, you can be R2-D2. And I'm like, what can R2-D2 do? And they're like, well, basically nothing. He can't have a lightsaber or anything. And then I'm like, okay, well, wow, thanks for letting me into your little group here. But (laughs) I really, I linked Star Wars with those kids, right? And that became a problem. And (laughs) we see it happening today now, I think, to an extent. (laughs) Um, But my mom... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) My mom was actually the one who was like, Matthew, you can't, you can't complain about something that you've never seen before. You can't just hate something that you don't know. I'm like, okay. So we sat down and she showed me the movies and I'm like, this is awesome. I watched episode four, five, six, and then one, two, three, episode three had like just came out at the time as well. So it was the perfect time to get into it. I didn't see it in the theater, but it was one of the thing, one of those things that I still really enjoyed, and ironically, when I started liking Star Wars, that was when everybody else stopped liking Star Wars. <laughs> it just happens how it happens with me, I guess sometimes. But yeah, ever since then, I was always a Star Wars nerd, and I will accept that badge of courage honorably. Um, it's why I love making TikTok content and YouTube videos today. So. Yeah. By the way, the Lego Octo. I don't know if you guys have seen his Lego <laughs> Octo. It's it's incredible. It's yeah. It's it's just so cool. Um, Thanks, dude. Appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Big fan. Big fan of your content. Back uh, at then, you, dude. Back at you. <laughs> and then I have uh, Jose Island Joe, um, the the man with the the hypest versus content. Like just you <laughs> speaking, I'm just like, 
I don't even know who this is, but I, I you know, I'm picking a side, man. Like, um, thank you, thank you. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. How'd you, uh, you know, well, who are you, and how'd you get started with Star Wars? Okay, so hello everybody. Uh, my name is Jose, otherwise known as Island Joe. Uh, I think we met through TikTok mostly, but I'm I'm, I'm making an expansion into Twitch, YouTube, and other uh, platforms because like TikTok is way too much fun, but I have so many ideas that I, I can't be contained <laughs> into, into one. Yeah, yeah, into one into one platform. Um, I mostly started, actually, I started making videos like about um, drawing, like uh, about art. I was trying to, to basically develop a set of skills in order to like transition into this phase where I was like making content. I could like, oh, design my own logos and stuff like that. And it just kind of grew into talking about uh, things that I love. And one of the many things that I love is Star Wars. Uh, I made some very controversial videos based on like the, the rankings of the movies, ranking my favorite Jedi and Sith. Uh, uh, it's a very controversial picks on that one, but I stand by them. And you know what? Uh, I uh, I've like met so many amazing people through through this platform, just like you, uh, Choco, and now Matt and Sawyer. I saw you guys. Uh, I've seen you guys on 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 TikTok as well. And I'm super excited to have this conversation about the Mandalorian because I also love that. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. And then, uh, as I mentioned, my my favorite uh, future doctor. Uh, we have have Sawyer here. Uh, yeah. Who are you? How'd you get started with Star Wars? Um, so hi, my name is Sawyer Markham. Um, I, I, I hope I'll be a future doctor. I'm a junior in university and uh, I'm very busy with pretty mad stuff. But when I'm not doing that, I am an avid fan of Star Wars. Um, I'm on TikTok mostly. I'd love to branch out into other things, but I really don't have time right now. Um, but I've been a lifelong Star Wars fan. Um, I think my earliest memory was um, when I was five. I broke my arm right before my birthday. And we were going to have a pool party, but we couldn't do that anymore. So we, like, quickly threw together this Star Wars thing. And I remember that we had, like, Wookiee cookies and, like, all kinds of <laughs> soda and all this other kind of weird stuff. Um, so I've always kind of, you know, I was always a tomboy growing up. And so that was kind of my introduction. Um, but it wasn't really until uh, the new films came out that I kind of revisited that love for the series and um just after the force awakens like i really really resonated with that film and i thought it was so cool to be growing up at a time where we could have new star wars um and you know when i was a kid padme was always my favorite character and i never understood why there was so much hate um about the prequels but i was just so lovely to get back into this uh universe and um shortly after that i joined the rebel legion i remember as ray i cosplay ray and um over the summer, I started making, making TikToks, and I had no idea the amount of incredible people I would meet. And um, yeah, I just am inspired every single day to make more content and share and grow my love for Star Wars. So yeah. Awesome. Uh, I, I love it. And then uh, I've shared my story a thousand times, but uh, yeah, I just, I, I grew up watching um, Empire Strikes Back over and over and over and over and over again. Um, and that was my introduction. You know, when the prequels came out, I actually did get pushed out of the fandom because they really resonated with me. I was, I mean, I was the perfect age for them. They were made for me. So, of course, I'm going to resonate with them. Um, they were my favorite. Everyone hated them. You know, people, and I, and I got ridiculed for liking them. I had the a weird 
slightly the same slightly inverse situation as matt do you know what i mean and i i should when i was when i was little before the prequels came out we'd play star wars um and they would tell me i could be lando or chewbacca um mm. okay. <laughs> and i always wanted <laughs> to be luke i'm like come on okay. you know uh kids kids can be mean but um i forced them to make me be vader and uh that's that's why I've always had a tendency towards the bad characters. Like, <laughs> and Doctor Doom was my favorite Marvel character of, of all time. So, um, yeah. All right. So, quick lightning round. Who's who's your favorite character on the Mandalorian? Um, you know, we got. I, I left in the notes all, all the people's names. If hopefully you can <laughs> remember whoever the one who each of them are. Uh, but Jose, I'm coming to you first. Oh, so I, I was floating around this question, and I I was gonna go for for the child just because of the new the nuance that they tried to bring with the force. But I'm gonna go with Kara, like bringing bringing a a shock trooper with this much humanity. I haven't seen that since like mm. the Clone Wars. So. So something somebody that stood out to me was her and i I, I didn't expect her to be my favorite character but i was like this girl rocks like this, she's amazing yeah <laughs> uh the scene where she's fighting the dude and they have the tether thing yeah like, i've never even considered that but that was such a badass scene she know? went full john wick she yeah. went full john wick in that scene <laughs> and she's a girl that when she punches you know you're not getting up you know what i mean like oh no for sure uh, <laughs> uh, there's sorry? such a physical quality to it really i, I you're so yeah. right and that is who she is kind of like as just a person in general with her fighting career it, yeah I, I i'm not a little guy and i know how to hold my own <laughs> but if she's mad i'm i'm hiding you know what i mean like stuck and cover him <laughs> uh sorry who's your favorite um, so I decided that I kind of have two answers to this. Um, I think the obvious answer would be Baby Yoda, obviously. Um, Love the shirt, know. by the way. Thank you. <laughs> um, he's so cute and um, just, you know, we never even really considered, except for Yaddle, like, okay, what is what is a species? Like, what about them makes them so powerful in the Force? Like, there's so much we don't know. Hopefully that will be explored more um, in the next season. But um, And he is so cute. I love him. But um, in addition to that... Um, I also really like uh, Quill. I think um, I just really liked his wisdom and his story, what we got of it, and it was very sad to see him go at the end of the season, but um, I, I really liked his character as well. Yeah. Uh, great choice. Because <laughs> uh, I feel of all, of all of the characters, we really have the most uh, history and understanding of the person of, of Quill specifically. And uh, there's no character development you can do with a baby not really <laughs> and uh matt your favorite character um although like you guys uh i do enjoy baby yoda um i like how we're all wearing yoda slash baby yoda shirts except for you <laughs> darth child <laughs> it's all good man it's all good. I, got the, I got the backpack he's chilling you know, that's, that's awesome i got the cardboard cut out in the back um, but actually I would, if I had to go yeah. with my favorite character, my favorite character would probably be Din, uh, the Mandalorian. I think, you know, I'm a sucker for my hero characters. Luke Skywalker was my favorite hero character of star Wars just cause I can relate to him. And I think that Din, you know, he's not Superman. <laughs> he is 
very good with his blaster. He's a very good fighter, but he gets hurt. And I love the human quality to the character. You know, it takes a while for him to be able to get on and ride a blurg. It takes some guts for him to be able to get to the top of a sand crawler and actually just fall off because the jaw was overpower him. Like, yes, he's very <laughs> strong, but he's not too overpowered. And I really like that about the character. And he definitely has a clear arc as well. Yeah. No, that's, that's true. Um, for uh, actually you, you mentioned the sand crawler thing. It reminds me of, <laughs> I think my favorite scene of him is when uh, the sand, <laughs> not sand people, but the um, the Jawas start talking back, and he actually pulls out the flamethrower and just starts. That negotiation <laughs> went so poorly, <laughs> and then they're riding to the egg, and they're like suga suga. He's banging his head around the sand crawler cockpit. It's hilarious. I love yeah. it. <laughs> um. So for for me, I I also I also love Jin. Uh, Jen, I, I I can't I can't play pronounce it right now. I apologize, <laughs> but um, yeah, our Armando because he is this he's a very layered character, right? Where um, we get to see he's very strong in his beliefs, super strong. Like no, people won't even he won't let people see him without his helmet. Even that you know beautiful woman uh, on episode <laughs> three was it and you're like okay i could i could uh nope nope not doing it <laughs> and you get to see exactly the conflict of what those layers do where he ends up choosing this child over his his crush they're on board with it but i know it's interesting to to see that and to watch this character kind of unfold uh we don't know a lot about him but it's very intriguing and then also moff gideon i just need to know more about him you know what i mean he's got this evil energy and i wouldn't have said him if i had not just finished watching the boys <laughs> because uh that's him as the leader of um i don't know if you guys have watched the boys but uh he's he's in that show it. he's in season two of that show and his evil intensity is palpable and beautiful and i just i need i need more of it i think uh, even just from what we've seen of him he's just he has this quality of knowledge and understanding that the others don't and he's using that against them he literally just gives the entire history of the e-web blaster as he says how it annihilated all of their <laughs> like friends before and <laughs> you know he has that he does have that intimidating quality that a villain needs for sure and then the fact that he he whips out the dark saber means that you don't just get it you don't just buy it you earn it that means he knows what he's doing he is or he stole it or he stole it he could have stole it but he's like he has this this weird quality of being both really regal and and upstanding but you know he gets dirty and he you know i mean he he also strangled people with his bare hands. Like you get that, <laughs> for sure, for sure. Yeah, he's like a more physical Thrawn, kind of like is the way I was looking yeah. at him. Weirdly enough, except Thrawn is much more regal and standing, and just a different kind of person than he is. He's more physical, at least it seems. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, 
let's jump to the show. I, I want to jump, go through the show first before we start getting to season two and predictions and stuff like that. <laughs> um, and I kind of split this up into a, a three act structure because we got eight episodes. So we actually got um, between episodes one and three it was kind of the first arc of the story where we get introduced to the characters, the situations, the setting um, to where, you know, Mando leaves on, on his own. Um, and Sora, I'm going to start with you for your, what, what jumps out of you at the, the beginning when we're getting to know our, our new Mando? Um, yeah, so, um, I mean, obviously, for me personally, the first time watching through it, um, the first couple of episodes, I remember going like, wow, this is really slow and I'm not sure where it's going. Um, of course, at the end of the first episode, we find out about the child and um, we obviously know that that's going to be the main arc of the series but um, yeah uh, it took me quite a bit just those first few episodes to kind of feel out the characters and decide you know whether or not I liked Din or you know because he and he, he's like he said he's a very complex character and I don't think we really see like that much versatility in him until the later episodes so um but that being said, um, I really did like episode two. I really liked um, uh, the entire encounter with the Jawas. And um, like, I think it was Matt who mentioned, you know, he, he, Din's not invincible, you know, even he had an altercation with the Jawas. And then uh, obviously he needed the, the child to um, help him defeat the Mudhorn. And we got to see, uh, you know, confirm that Baby Yoda could use force. And um, that was a really exciting episode. Um, and then, obviously, in episode three, uh, and he goes back and he gives the child um, away, and then he we meet the armorer for the first time. Um, yeah. And um, armor is cool. Yeah, she's <laughs> real cool. Um, and you know, we we see the stormtroopers, and um, you know, see that there's something really shady going on. Um, uh, and then, of course, at the end, when he decides to go back for the child um, and there's an ambush, all the Mandalorians come to help him. And um, we haven't really seen any large amount of Mandalorians since the Clone Wars. Um, and uh, when I was writing when I was writing notes for this last night, I was thinking about how um, kind of in episode three, we start to hear more and more like this is the way. And Yamara talks about uh, the code of the Mandalorians and... Um, then again, at the end of that episode, we see all the Mandalorians come out to help Mando and the child escape. Um, and that really emphasizes uh, like the loyalty of the Mandalorians and um, just the culture that's very valuable to them. Um, and I think that there's like a, quite a stark contrast between that and the culture, the Mandalorian culture that we see in the Clone Wars. Obviously, under Satine, it was a lot more neutral and not so violent, and that was kind of the whole point of her version of Mandalore. But um, um, it's even quite different from Death Watch as well, because they were a terrorist group. But yeah, no, um, I think I was thinking about, okay, what other like instances have we seen a lot of the Mandalorians? And it's just the Clone Wars, and I just think it's, it's very different. You can tell that the events of after the Clone Wars and the original trilogy have definitely have an impact, had an impact on the Mandalorians as a species and as a culture, for sure. 
Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff that they are building with this lore, and I, I'm super excited because, um, like our canon knowledge of Mandalorians come from the the arcs from the Clone Wars and from Rebels, and uh, I mean th- both of those were Dave Filoni and um, and John Favreau together. You know, John Favreau was the voice of uh, Previsla, uh, a Previsla. Yeah, so like these are the guys that. Are inventing the, the lore, so that's why people ask me like, "Oh, is this a, a contradiction?" I'm like, I doubt it. <laughs> it's the same people who made it, so I doubt it. Uh, but yeah, yeah, Matt, uh, your thoughts? Like, what jumps out at you on uh, from from this first arc? Uh, in all honesty, I think the first three episodes combined into one arc is my favorite part of the series so far, <laughs> which is weird. There's just so much that hops out at me initially from like when I first watched it. And I try to remember back to that. Um, it just immediately feels like something different that we'd never seen before. Um, other than solo, you know, live action star Wars hasn't been as much of a Western aside from like the original trilogy, a little bit here and there you get vibes, but never one singular story. And even, solo a star wars story goes beyond that in its own ways and it does its own thing but for me you know it's this lone gunslinger going to you know <laughs> wreak havoc on a bunch of stormtroopers and that's just awesome it honestly does feel like a video game to me at times you know so he's going on these different missions and you know the first is he has to go get this guy uh, this blue mithril alien creature from this bar. And then he takes him back to the planet and then he's given another job. And what I appreciate too is as he does all these things, he like levels up his armor. So it really does feel like you're playing a video game throughout the entire series, not just in the first three episodes. Um, mm-hmm. I also really, really do appreciate all the little Easter eggs and references yeah. that we started getting. The Kubaz Garadin. This is the same Garadin character from episode four with the long snout who plays like this little <laughs> to bring in the speeder. It's just hilarious and really cool to see someone else of that same race, I guess. And then, you know, we have this space walrus jump out to get the razor crest from the ice and you hear the razor crest making the exact same noises as the millennium Falcon makes when it can't go into hyperspace in empire strikes back. So like even just the littlest smallest cues to original star Wars really make me happy. The reference to the holiday special um, where they talk about life day, like, Oh, I can't make it back for life day, I guess. Um, And then the pulse rifle itself being the weapon of man's choice yeah yeah exactly (laughs) and i just love seeing those little highlights yes yes exactly especially you know i'm very clear i don't hate the the sequel trilogy by any means they're just not my favorite because of some of those little things that they didn't include as much to make it feel as star as in the star wars universe i think as it could which are like including other alien species. So like, I love seeing the Twi'leks and Mandalorian. I love seeing the Rodians. I love seeing the Trandoshans. I, that just makes me excited as a star Wars fan, I guess, mm-hmm. because we haven't seen that in live action as much um, in the past few years. Um, what I really do appreciate too, is Warner Herzog's character. 
um the client Ooh, the client the client he's so <laughs> like cool calm and collect he's this older imperial and we don't know Scary. a lot from him Scary. yes exactly Scary. um but he's not to the level of moff gideon right he's not like super intimidating but he is he feels like a failed imperial he feels i i wonder what made him end up under moff gideon's leadership at times um and warner herzog does a fantastic job (laughs) i I love that warner herzog is just warner herzog you know what i mean exactly which was nothing wrong with that you know what i mean but like I don't know. Oh, let me funny. see the baby. <laughs> I, could, I could not take him seriously. I know, I know he's a bad guy, but um, I when I think of his voice, I just think of the character that he <laughs> body, and that's all I can think about when he was um, when he was on the Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, he did all those other documentaries. Um, <laughs> it's just I mean, like hard to put him in a different place. The, I I come back to him from his one episode cameo at the end of parks and rec where (laughs) he's selling them a house and he's talking about how there was a haunted like doll factory across the street. And this is where the crazy people were kept. Um, (laughs) But it's the same exact voice and like everything it's, it's wonderful. Mm -hmm. If you haven't like check out that clip, Uh, I may just play a little clip from that right here. (laughs) I think part of it really is his voice. I think it adds that Imperial vibe to it when he's on the screen. You can't take your eyes off of him. And to, you know, in contrast to him, we have Dr. Pershing, who is one of the only few people to wear glasses in Star Wars. Um, But he's on the side of the child. He's, you know, that medical sense of let's save the patient i value life more than anything and he's put to the test we get subtle clues as to what is going on from him with baby yoda um what they're using him for because in that weird conversation where mando's listening in on pershing and um warner herzog's character pershing's talking about um, extracting something, or I guess Warner Herzog mentions it, extracting something from the child. To me, I think of many chlorians. I wonder what you guys think of that. Um, yeah, I got <laughs> the some theories, thing. but we'll we'll come we'll come back. Yeah, we'll come back. To that's that. more season two talk, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but um, and I I love the flashback. The flashback is wonderful. Um, where we start to see at least where this guy came from, and it becomes a mystery throughout the first season. Um, intercut between the armorer hammering away and i do love her character as well which you mentioned i think sawyer um just really cool it feels like she has a lot of knowledge about what actually happened between when we saw the mandalorians last in rebels all united under bo katan with the dark saber and then they're in the sewers <laughs> by the time at <laughs> this point which maul actually references and i'd be remiss of saying this because i'm a huge clone wars fan maul actually references that in uh the seventh season of clone wars when he's like you belong up there not in the gutters or whatever uh he actually says so it's just really cool to see them go from that perspective until now those connections are really cool um, which even that was a callback to ahsoka running through the tunnels when she yes. was on the run oh my god there's there's layers on layers but this is we're not doing <laughs> gold nuggets. It's all gold nuggets. Yeah. Gold yes nuggets. exactly and that's why i love the first few episodes especially because i think they really do hammer away um and i really do like the comedy of the way they started approaching it which is based on 
situational um, kind of hilarity. <laughs> I, a good example would be when Mando and IG-11 meet for the first time and they go back and forth, this interplay between the two um, of him using Stop the self-destruct sequence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just Hello, so Mando? well put together. This is... Uh, this... <laughs> <laughs> I, I i just kept picturing uh him from uh from from thor ragnarok uh in <laughs> hello mando this is Cork. uh i'm going to self-destruct now uh i apologize but uh <laughs> taika waititi definitely brings a different layer just in general especially when he directed his own episode but we'll get to that yeah. later on um and By the then, way, that's probably my first time ever doing an accent in front of people, so hopefully it wasn't was terrible. No, no, you did great. That was epic. I could never even try. New Zealand is really hard to do, so that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I think what's interesting about the ending of those first three episodes, like I said, it does feel like almost like a Clone Wars Rebels arc. They're so tightly knit together. I can't just watch one of them. I have to watch all three. It's just the way I approach it. But what I really appreciate about the ending is that, you know, all the Mandalorians kind of gang up on Mando in the third episode, right? He comes back with all this Beskar armor. He's working with the Imperials, the same people that really <laughs> took away most of their kind. They're not really a race. It's more of a creed, which they mentioned in the show. And we can get into what a Mandalorian really means. But, you know, the Empire is the reason they're living on the fringes. And for Mando to come back with the spoils of war is not something that the others really look fondly on. What I enjoy is that he decides to make the right call. He chooses to do the honorable thing to save the child, to go back. And really, I think that being a Mandalorian, and you see this throughout the, sh the show, is doing the honorable thing, doing what's right. Um, and the others respect him for making that decision. It costs them dearly, which we find out later, but they go and they save him in this epic display with all the jetpacks. I was not expecting that. I was not expecting that on first watch. And it felt like a Clone Wars episode to me, seeing the Mandalorians, especially in live action. I never thought we would see that. It was epic. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, and then uh, Jose, what, what jumps out at you on this, uh, this, first, this first little arc we had? For me, it's a mix. So it's a mix, mix of artistic decisions that the producers made and then um, the lore. I'm a big lore junkie. So like I, I'm big on Assassin's Creed, Uncharted. So everything that adds to the lore in a nuanced way that's not just exposition, like gets my gears going. Like it, I, I love it. And so uh, I love the fact that the Mando doesn't have everything figured out. Like he's, tr he's literally trying to, to, to prove himself. And I know Matt mentioned this with, with the Beskar and like he literally shows up with the, like once he has the full upgrade with the Beskar being like, yeah, I am a Mandalorian. Like I'm not just a rescue that's like climbing up the ranks. Like I'm a full on Mandalorian and you have to like respect me. Uh, I also loved his, his interactions with the characters and the way that they were able to portray so much emotion without even seeing uh, uh, his face, like pa Pascal's fa face. Like it, you literally can feel the way, the way he touched the Beskar when he first met with the client. Like you could tell it's like, oh wow, like this is, this is like my ticket in. And, and so uh, it, it obviously transitions more when he meets the child and he has that uh, parent-child 
um, like imprinting and that connection going on. But but for me, it was more of like they took such a different approach as all like to all the other uh, ways Star Wars has been told. Because George had a very specific way of of of, of storytelling. Then you had uh, like after obviously like the huge success and after like decades of not doing anything, the 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 prequels did something like different and then you had to see like right in the middle of like before the sequels and like it, it it just felt like a breath of fresh air in terms of storytelling and i loved that the hero completely changes every like in if we divide it into like a three-act structure like the first three episodes three and then the final two that's a completely different character in in in, in each one and I haven't seen that in in a while in a major franchise like this, especially not one with so much hype and so much like to lose in in terms of execution. <laughs> I, I love how they were able to to execute and still get me hyped up for the second season, even though there's been like such controversy with the like the the sequel trilogy. Like I, I love the fact that I'm so excited to turn on the TV or uh, yeah, the, when I'm when the second season two hits. Yeah, I oh I, I agree. Sorry, my, my dog was getting agitated, so I had to <laughs> calm her down a little bit. Um, no, I, I agree with that a uh, hundred hundredfold. It's actually one of the things that I am that I'm loving about Star Wars in general right now is because um, we they've made it clear that like the sequel trilogy that well the prequel trilogy was made for the kids of that time, right? And the sequel trilogy is the exact same way. Um, although it is not my favorite trilogy, there's a lot of stuff I love from it. But what we get now that we've never gotten before is simultaneously they're making content for this new generation. We got more Clone Wars. We're getting Bad Batch for the Clone Wars fans. And we're getting Mandalorian, which is aimed directly at, at original trilogy fans. We're getting a push of all of this stuff for everyone at the same time. And that, I don't know, that's just like, makes me hype. You know what I mean? I agree completely. And to have the first live action Star Wars series, talk about scary for like a company perspective. There's a lot of expectation going into that, but they did Ooh. it superbly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but they've, they've never... Um, that's one of the things I have always appreciated about Lucasfilm in general is they've never held back. You know what I mean? Uh, some of the stuff may look dated now, but like the stuff, the technology, uh, their their process and procedures are all bleeding edge for whenever that thing <sighs> comes out. Like when the Force Unleashed came out, there was no mocap like that <laughs> in existence. Uh, you know, I mean, when when they shot um, Lord of the Rings. They talked to Sam Witwer to ask him, how do you do mocap so well with motion? He had to teach them because it didn't exist. You know what I mean? And we're getting that same thing here with their sets and their new technology. And it's just awesome. Um, in the yeah, documentary, and, the documentary like is, uh, is beautiful at, at explaining oh that. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, God. Sorry, I, I don't even want to go too far into that right now. But uh, with with the, <laughs> with the first, <laughs> no, 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 you just set my mind like down this like rabbit hole. Oh, yeah. Um, but but yeah, with these first three three acts, I mean, the thing that really jumps out at me is uh, the second episode, um, which wasn't my favorite, 
but having him deal with these with the Jawas and seeing the scale of the crawler and how freaking huge it was and then just how irritated he was this whole time. It reminded me of um, of episode two where Obi-Wan's on this mission and he has no idea what's going on. Like that, <laughs> that's how he was this whole mission of like, all right, I'm trying to find this thing. Oh crap, I have to fight that. And then he ends up with nothing but a knife and he's like, all right, like, let's do this, I guess. All um, for an egg. Yeah. <laughs> <The> <laughs> <egg>. <laughs> a, a disgusting hairy egg they just wanted uh, some brunch they just wanted some brunch like, hey i mean it's they, they probably don't eat well on a regular basis and i'm sure <laughs> you know what i mean like if that was like chicken and waffles i don't know i'd be <laughs> i'd be in a similar boat um but yeah let's let's go and jump to to the the second act and um, so this is like they're they're random adventures, right? They're traveling through through space, um, uh, father and son, or whatever, uh, non-binary pal. Foundling, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm curious what jumps out at you guys, and if you guys have like like what one or two things that pop out, let me know. Um, and that's uh, why I'll start with Matt. Yeah, sure. So I mean, although they do seem a bit disconnected from what the first three episodes were and what the last two are as that beginning and ending. What I really enjoy about the middle act itself is that Mando is learning to trust people or to not trust people. So he, in the third episode or in the third episode of this second arc, um, I guess it's what the sixth episode, the prison episode. Um, He's learning, you know, he can't trust this crew. Right. And it's obvious from the beginning. So, he has a lot of trust issues. He learns that he can trust Gina Carano's character, Cara Dune. And the middle episode on Tatooine, he can't trust this Toro dude who's just kind of a Han Solo wannabe from Corellia <laughs> going after the hardest bounty hunter that he can get. <laughs> and, you know, it's really cool to see that progression, which we were talking about from the character learning that he's not just a lone gunslinger that he himself can have his own crew which we get in the third act finally um and he needs them in order to succeed he can't do this all on his own um and he's even with the trauma of the droid thing his hatred for droids because of a clearly traumatic experience from his past um and constant disappointment from droid uh, he learns in the end that he can trust them. And that's more in the third act, but it, it's this constant theme of trust that I'm seeing, really. I thought yeah. it was amazing to get back to Tatooine. I loved the familiarity, although at times, I will admit, just to subtly critique, it did feel like a bit of a fanfic at times. Uh, it felt like fan service, just a slight bit. The way they did the Tusken Raiders was a little over the top for my taste <laughs> i think that a lot of the acting itself is also very campy <laughs> which is very star wars very star wars right but it's a double-edged sword it can either take me way out of it or keep me in it because they have the characters like bill burr amy sedaris clancy brown amazing characters but at times it does take me out of it just the slightest yeah. <laughs> also, um, Megan uh, Meigs uh, in, in the chat 
um, pointed out that uh, along with what you were saying with that trust, it also includes the ability to trust droids, uh, which is definitely not in his nature, considering uh, well, for good reasons. You know what I mean? If you're a little kid and that uh, that that B2 battle droid is, yeah, that's not a, a happy sight. Crazy. Uh, <laughs> but I like yeah. how that also, when he goes to the cantina, the droids are then running the cantina. Um, which, if you read from a certain point of view, this is really getting into the rabbit hole of everything. But Wooer, the bartender, the reason mm-hmm. that he doesn't like droids is because he suffered a similar instance with mm-hmm. droids. And that fear of the separatists um, really did take its toll on youngsters of the time. Yeah, and whew, we got we got stuff to talk. I'm, I, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of that book, but um, there were some really solid nuggets there, uh, oh, especially yeah. with with the force uh but uh yeah uh H- jose we got the second act right uh, s- travels uh, around the galaxy with space dad uh which jumps out at you <laughs> for me uh the first thing obviously was kara uh in the fir- the planet that we we meet her for the first time just the way the way that she was portrayed as not being um just a tag along character like she can definitely carry the team like by herself mm-hmm. uh it, it was just a breath of fresh air um Obviously, it like it, it does a little bit more into like the the, the what, what Matt mentioned. It's like trusting people. Like, do I do I trust this person completely? Like, she did work for the Empire, even though she's like a a, a defected shock trooper. Like, she 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 was part of the machine that led my my culture to be like destroyed. So so the way that interaction was was made um, very clear and nuanced from the start was amazing. Uh, and Tatooine, like. For some reason, I really loved that uh, the episode with Toro, the gunslinger, because like I, I could I could clearly see that this was just like what Han, everything Han Solo is meant to not be. Like he's the complete opposite of what Han Solo should be. Like uh, he he is literally he could the be. yeah that, very true very true. If but he like was terrible. <laughs> yeah, if he was terrible at his job, like you're a rookie bounty hunter and you're going off like to the the most wanted bounty in the galaxy. Like come on. It, it it was it was very it was set up super well and, and the fact that you see him b- betray somebody like as soon as they give you the information he's like damn this is what han like could have been but he's he, he's a changed person uh but like moving back into, into this um i really liked how it all came down to that space prison because if i'm not mistaken i think this is this was uh the the crew that mando was running with before everything happened what like so he knows these people so he, he knows exactly how they'll act, the way they the way they think. And the fact that he knows from the beginning, oh, I definitely should not trust these people because they will like they will wrap me out or they will like take take the bounty as soon as they like see me slip a little bit was was very well played out. And um, I, I, I do agree on the campiness of the acting, but I also thought that bringing somebody like Bill Burr that has such a presence and can like bring levity to the situation in such a way that like it, it also makes it like fun and playful even though you know that like it's meant to be basically a chase scene uh, and then um obviously at, at least for me the the moment where i was like yo the, the mandalorian is getting to that elite level is that scene where like the lights are going up and down the, the, like turning on and off where he's where you literally see like this is a horror movie this is like jaws like he's slowly <laughs> getting toward his pl- his prey and i was like perfectly executed i i have i have very little complaints about this series in general 
but I, I do want to stress the importance of character development and uh, nuance and the fact that they did this so well in such a limited time frame with so many characters. Like, uh, you, you could you could literally point out a lot of personality traits out of each of the main characters. You can you can point them out like who who they are and who do you think they'll be in just eight episodes. So masterful performance in terms of like directing story arc and like intertwining everything. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, especially that. I mean, I, I will I will say, and it's not because of his performance at all. He did a, a fantastic job. But just seeing Bill Burr there was was for rough sure. for me. You know what I mean? I'm just like, I'm expecting his voice. I'm expecting him to like start complaining about like women or whatever. Like, oh, you know, my wife said the other day. <laughs> yeah, like uh, it was it was weird. It was I, I mean I, I love Bill Burr and he actually did a great job. And also I oh, loved yeah. his little shoulder gun thing. That thing was dope. Full on predator. Full on <laughs> predator. I loved it. Right? Uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, uh, Sawyer, uh, your thoughts on that second act? Um, well, I really appreciate what both um, Jose and Matt have said. Um, thank you for bringing the word campy into the conversation because um, I kind of had the same experience like with a couple of the characters being like, something just isn't sitting right with me. And I think that's the perfect word to describe it. And you're right, that does exist a lot in different Star Wars um, medias. But yeah, no, I definitely had that same experience with these episodes and the fact that some scenes with different, like, one-off characters were making me go, hmm, not really feeling the story. But, of course, um, I mean, really, um, I really enjoyed all three episodes um, for the most part and the one-off stories that they were able to create within this overarching series. Um, um, and along with the theme of trust, um, I know we've already said that there's not a whole lot that there's not a whole lot of character development that a baby can have but at the same time I also think we do see baby Yoda or the child learn trust as well and learn you know because and not not only trust with you know Mando but you know he he's learning okay um let's not choke this person because she's here to help us and um but then in contrast, he learns to recognize that the people in the prison episode are bad news. And so I think that to some extent, the child also goes on that journey a little bit as well. And in turn, that helps develop his relationship with Mando himself, yeah. um, which is really interesting. Um, in terms of I'm trying to think, like, I really, I think my favorite of these three episodes was episode four. Um, with the, um, you know, where the ATSD comes out um, in, the, in the battle in the village and um, that one scene where he had the opportunity to get with that beautiful woman but decided, you know, nope, got to stick to the code. Um, but, um, yeah, I, both episode five and six, there were a couple scenes there that I was just really not feeling, specifically in episode five with... Um, what's his name, Toro. Um, I, I really liked a comparison of him being like everything Han Solo should not be. Because um, man, I just, uh, from the minute he was like, I'm going to be a bounty hunter and it's going to be great. And I'm just like, no. Um, but I, I really... Simmer down. <laughs> honestly. No. Um, but um, I, I would have liked to see more of Fennec because... You know, Ming-Na Wen is an incredible actress, and mm -hmm. I think that um, she could have, like, I just would like to know more about 
why she was such a formidable uh, bounty hunter and just what more of her story was. I think that would have been really interesting to see more of that instead of having her life taken so shortly by someone who did not deserve that kind of a kill, <laughs> um, in my humble opinion. Um, but yeah, I don't know. But is she really dead? <laughs> okay, there's that too many Star Wars, but um, I don't know. I just, he, man, I really did not like him. Like, that was the moment I was like, no, okay, you have nothing redeemable about you, and I want you to go away immediately. Mando yeah. took care of it quite quickly after that, but still. <laughs> yeah, but, but like, like, well, first of all, Mina Wen uh, can, can do no wrong. Like, I, I love her. Uh, she is Mulan, and uh, she she lives in my heart rent free for sure. Um, but but yeah, I I love how um, in this arc that like you said, this is where we get the growth. This is where we get you know the first one establishes the characters as is. Second one puts them through some sort of paces, and we don't know exactly what that is. And showing specifically the the prison episode with Mando with people that he's gone before first of all first of all when the guy you saw the guy who was organizing it um you're like all right this is i i don't i have no idea what that actor's name but he's the same character in everything he's ever been in the guy organizing it he was a dirty cop in batman begins uh <laughs> he was um uh, there's a movie i i've seen way too many times um and I'm almost ashamed of, of it, but too fast, too furious. He's a dirty elite. cop. Elite. He's the dirty cop where they put the the thing on his stomach and yeah. He's the same character in everything. And so as soon as I saw him on screen, I'm like, this is not going to go yep. well for, for for me. I don't trust you, and because of that actor, I don't trust people that look like him either. But. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but that's that's more of a me thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we got to see that that development of he's never had anyone that he's trusted in all of these missions, and because this is how this is how it's always been. But then just a little little tiny character nugget of the child, you know, wanting the little ball that's on the top of the stick, and him unscrewing yeah. it was such a warm like loving moment that you know i can't i can't help it you know what i mean and um yeah it just just that little tiny thing means so much um also i love the cameos i love seeing dave filoni in an x-wing sure. um <laughs> masterful yeah uh what, what was his god they gave him such a terrible name something like Wolfson, yeah. like Trapper Wolf. Yeah. Trapper yes. Wolf was the character's name. Um. The Nuggets were amazing. I love how they validated Obi Wan too, because I know that like some people like were like really th there was like eleven eight and even like the name of the podcast, like the 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 high ground. So like they validated the high ground in the in the Gunslinger episode, You're and right. I'm like, true. and I'm and I'm like, I did I didn't even know what like why the hate what was until i read the art of war and i'm like they were george was right all along like why did this get so much hate like they literally got it right from the beginning and they validated it and now it's like 
respect the high ground above all else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I I got it as soon as I started playing Overwatch. Uh, okay. <laughs> oh, true. <laughs> but but, but a- absolutely. Um, and uh, it, it also going back to Tatooine. There's some of the scenes that were almost shot for shot remakes of uh of the original and yeah it is it is kind of um it's fan servicey for sure absolutely but the fan service i have a problem with personally is when you do something that it doesn't apply to the characters in the story you know i mean if the character if you do something for us as the fans but the characters have no idea of what this thing means, then that's weird to me. You know what I mean? Like I think of um, the second Star Trek movie where uh, Benjamin Cumberbatch reveals, you know, who he is and the music gets all tense and all this stuff. And we, as the people watching know like, Oh my goodness, that's something huge. The people in the film, like, okay, (laughs) that's, yeah, that's huge. All right, whatever. Uh, you know what I mean? That's that's weird fan service to me. But um, <clears throat> uh, but in, in this, that didn't happen. And something some, as small as having um, R5, the little robot with a bad motivator, be one of the servers in the cantina shows that there's so much love. Um, he never left the planet. he he never left the planet he took one for the team without him the galaxy would be lost and no one will ever know uh i i love that little stuff but all right we'll jump into into, uh, act three right so now we have the whole rest of it you know the whole um avengers calling the team together uh to go on this this last this last run um and uh, Jose, we're gonna we're gonna start with you for uh, take us home. I I want to stress the importance of the well. I don't know if it, it was the cantina scene, the the one where they like meet Moff Gideon at the at the end, where uh, Jin takes his helmet off, like that that like him being able to trust the droid to the extent that like, I mean, if 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 up to this point we didn't realize that he is part of the ship, part of the crew, he drinks the Kool Aid, like yeah. he is of the Mandalore co- like code, he has it imprinted on his on his in his heart and so the fact that he was able to let ig11 basically save him after like knowing that it's basically like this is uh, this could be the end for me was was the peak of great first of all a great reveal and second of all like a great character moment for for both for both ig11 uh and and Jin, and obviously like we'll get into like the dark saber and all the like the big reveals and all that stuff but for me i actually shed a tear when ig11 sacrificed himself like yeah. the, the 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 fact that like we we grew to like not trust this like thing at all at the beginning and just be there for humor purposes and now it's like you are the reason that they will be able to live another day is 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 breathtaking to me it's like it's another uh it's it's a it's a pat in the back to Dave Filoni and, and John Favreau. Like they're they're able to make a droid get, pull your heartstrings to that extent. Uh, obviously, the dark saber is amazing uh, as, as a reveal for for Moff Gideon mm-hmm. um, as as a character. 
like Giancarlo Esposito is like a, a, a character master. So like he, you, you are able yeah. to understand his motivations from day one, even though like he, he does it with a level of, of nuance and, and, and sneakiness. Uh, but but the, the fact that he's able to stand up to, to the, the, like the Mandalorian's like crew and basically come out unscathed and just ready to go to war now is, it was beyond amazing to me. Um, besides that, I would say, um, at least, at, at least for me, that the thing that hurt me the most was like, like Quill's death, at least for, for, for me. Cause like, I, I identified with him, like he's, he's, he's the, like the wise guide that like helps him along the journey. And then like, he li literally pulls a Yoda and just like, is, is gone forever, you know? Uh, so, yeah. so, so, so that was pretty heartbreaking, but uh, overall, the seventh and eighth episode leave you on such a high note that it's, I'd be remiss if I didn't say that it was like great story, great cinematography and, and a great character arc, like on, on every, on every level, at least for me. Uh, on, ev on every level from every character, in my opinion, which is, which, how do, how do you do that? You know? Uh, yeah. I, I, I love it. Um, Soria, your thoughts on it? Yeah. Um, I mean, just to backtrack a little bit to kind of the first part of that two-episode arc, um, something that we see that goes on um, in, I think it's episode seven, is Baby Yoda using Force Heal um, on, Mo mm -hmm. on uh, Grief, um, which is kind of a turning point for Grief specifically because he, I think the plan was he was going to capture Baby Yoda and take him to um, Moff Gideon, but... Um, yeah, no, that was really interesting to see. Just, um, of course, comparing that to the only other instance of Force Hill that we see in Star Wars, um, which uh, I think is different for a lot of reasons. But um, that definitely goes to show just how powerful this being is, considering that's not a, like I said, it's not a power we see much uh, very often. And um, so that was a moment that I really appreciated in these last two episodes. Um, other than that, um, I think, uh, as, as Jose was talking about IG-11, um, I don't think that I myself necessarily had that same, like, I don't think Mando had convinced me throughout the series to not trust droids completely, but definitely when Kuil was like, oh, you know, I reprogrammed him, he's going to protect Baby Yoda, I definitely was like, okay well i hope so um but i was not expecting that complete turnaround and for him to um you know save mando's life and convince him like yes you need to take your helmet off and have him be the one who is able to convince him to do that um uh it's just it was a really great scene as well um and then just something else that i really appreciated is um not only was it a great finale to wrap up this first arc and you know like we said um give so much life to all of these different characters but they found a way to incorporate pretty much every single character from the whole season to some extent at least the really important ones um in a way that i thought was really just naturally and natural and um like, like we end up seeing seeing the armorer at the end and you know she's the one who's like okay now you are his father it is your responsibility to protect this thing and i think that was a really great send-off um slash you know motivator for him to go on into this next um storyline um 
So I really like that moment as well. And then obviously, when Moff Gideon crawls out of his uh, TIE Fighter and with the Darksaber, that was the moment. I was watching it with my family and we were all like, <gasps> they didn't know what was going on. They, they had no idea what the Darksaber was, but I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, um, I was standing up in my living room doing high kicks. Uh. <laughs> yeah, and uh, any possible, you know, my first impression of I'm Ken, oddly flexible. FYI. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, my first impression of Mob Gideon, I, it wasn't a, a positive one in the sense that I was like, wow, this guy's a great villain um, until that moment, really, because I, I he kind of came out of nowhere. I didn't really know exactly where he was going to fit in the storyline. And then for him to pull out of that tie, it was like, like, with this, I don't know. It was just a very, like, okay, this guy means business, he is here for a reason, and he is real bad news. So, um, yeah, I really, really, really enjoyed that last part. Yeah. He, he did kind of come out of nowhere, but it's also very, very Star Wars. Of You get introduced, and this guy is, is your, your villain, um, and then, like, all of a sudden, that guy is gone, and then there's a bigger villain, and you're like, oh, that guy! I mean that's <laughs> you know it's it's uh, the feels of um, finding out that Vader wasn't the one running running the show in uh, in the original trilogy, but um, yeah I, I I I love it and um, there's something I was gonna add and then I totally forgot and lost it <laughs> and I, think, I apologize. No, I think that um, at least the difference to me between like that comparison to Palpatine and Moff Gideon, I think it's just that his presence was so strong. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't just like, dun, 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 there's another person. It was like, I'm here. I have a plan already. I have everything. Like it was, it was just kind of separated enough from the other. Like, and, and we didn't really have a bad guy. We knew that everybody was after this creature. Um, but I, I don't know, just something about the way that they introduced him and like, you know, there's a whole other side of this that we had no idea about. I don't know. That was kind of like, whoa, no. where did that come from? But yeah. It, it the, the plot thickens, uh, is the best way to put it. The <laughs> plot thickens. And Matt, your thoughts on it? Yeah. I mean, I think it ended on such a great note and just to skip to the ending, it felt like a Marvel after the credit scene where he ignites the dark saber and gets out of the fighter and we find out that he's still alive. That is such something that Mm -hmm. would come from a Marvel movie. And Taika Waititi is the one who directed it. And he knows a lot about, you know, action filmmaking from doing Thor Ragnarok. Um, We have him to thank for the, what I like to call tag and bink sequence. If you know who those two characters are. Oh yeah. (laughs) Um, the stormtroopers shooting at the, or the scout troopers shooting at this like thing in the middle of the way. Is it, you could probably answer this. Is it them or is it the blasters that are at fault most for their lack of ability to aim at a target and actually hit it? <laughs> Both. Those are a <laughs> terrible blasters, but also you have to remember that this is the six war years, is right? over. The yeah, war is years, right? done. These are the leftovers. <laughs> Not only are these the leftovers, but if you played the Battlefront 2 campaign, you're familiar mm-hmm. with Operation Cinder, where oh, yeah. Yeah. Palpatine was like, basically burned everything down. To the uh, ground. Pal- Palpatine was intentionally trying to scuttle the Empire so that it couldn't win. 
uh, this was a way for him to plan for his eventual return. You know, we end up finding out. But um, so everyone that was a decent person left the Empire there. They actually had a place called Traitor's Remorse where everyone defected to. And it was like known that the longer it took for you to defect after they started just being atrocious, the worse person you are. And these are the people that stayed. <laughs> so that's La I mean, ladies that's and gentlemen, that is why you came here for this analysis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to, to No, to no, take no, over, no, that was great. Continue. <laughs> no, I love that. That's why we're here doing this. Um, because I even learned stuff. Um, what I really, really appreciate it from a story perspective and a thematic uh sequence is when Quill and Mando are talking and he's asking him to go on this mission. Um, he says something that really stuck with me. Droids are neutral imprints of those who control them, right? And so I think that made Mando... It didn't make him think that at the time, but I think he kept that in his heart. What I see from that is, you know, Mando, in a way, is programmed, no? By the Bounty Hunter Guild, by the Mando okay. way... He has his own programming, just as we all do. And when he went away from that, when he decided to actually make a choice for himself and save the child, that was, in a way, his freedom, which, you know, his fear of droids still kept with him. And the things from this programming, like not removing his helmet, those are still internalized in him. But really, the irony is that he is the same as a droid. Um, programmed and ready to follow the orders of the cohort, the Mandalorian way and the bounty guild use technological weapons to follow what he needs to accomplish just as IG 11 would. Right. So I think what I picked up on was the similarities between him and IG. And I really appreciate that from a storyteller's viewpoint. Um, and you learn kind of what it truly does mean to be a Mandalorian throughout the series. And like I said earlier, it's to just do the honorable thing. And, you know, you see him struggling the entire time, like I said before, with understanding who he can and can't trust and wanting to do this all on his own. But he realizes that he needs a team. The A-team in the end is the way it feels like where he's going to all these different planets with those he met along the way who helped him out, who he knew that he could trust to go and actually help him. What I also really find interesting is that Grief Karga, when he kind of goes to Mando's side, he does it from the same perspective that Mando did in a way, where it's honor to this being that saved him. Baby Yoda is bringing all these people together. Um, and I know how we brought up kind of here and there how he progresses as a character. This is not the way I intended to end this on, but I think that honestly <laughs> it's odd that he's seeing all these people wreak violence on everybody. He's seeing Mando in the beginning shoot and disintegrate Jawas and the Trandoshans. He's seeing Gina Carano's character, uh, Cara Dune fight back uh, everyone she meets with brutal force. And it's almost like that, is being projected within his growth. And that's why he's starting to use some of those dark side powers like force choke, um, which I find really cool. But honestly, the ending was fantastic. 
I am really looking forward to season two and what they can add next. It did feel like a cliffhanger with that, like I said, Marvel end sequence. <laughs> yeah, I, oh man. I, I, I love, like, the, the way this ended. Okay, first of all, first of all, the way episode seven ended oh. wrecked me. Uh, right, because if you recall, the way it ended was a slow motion shot. Uh, you, you didn't see uh, Quill, you know, get downed uh, or any or any of that. All you know is he was riding, trying to get back to the ship in time, and you don't know what happened. All you see is them scoop up the child, head back in, and then it goes over to his body lying there. Like the way it just artistically and there was no sound and it was in slow motion the music carried through beautifully yeah yeah um did john williams score this this series i I was just no 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 he didn't but the the score was (laughs) but what we're we're getting to the production um but i i uh uh, by the way, I, I had no idea you were such an, an artist, Jose. And like, it makes me, I just want to talk to you Sorry. about so many more things. <laughs> no, it's amazing. Um, so many like production level things. Cause there's so much stuff that mm-hmm. I don't think about and I love to hear from other people. So I, I mean, I want you to full on nerd out about that as much as possible when, when, when we, <laughs> when you can. Um, but, uh, but yeah, those, those final episodes of, you know, especially the, the growth, like you said, of uh, of uh, like you said, Matt, of grief, Karga, um, of you know, freaking Carl Weathers. Um, <laughs> Never expected just, to see him. <laughs> uh, Apollo Creed in the flesh, you know, <laughs> comes out Gilmore. of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, 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 I loved it because. You know, it goes back to my favorite thing about Star Wars. It's this giant universe and everyone has their own story. You know, he's a guy who sets up bounties. He deals with bounty hunters. He sees the lowest of the low of people in in everyone. Um, and his job is figuring out who you can and can't trust. And he runs into these guys and is like, I can trust these guys. Trust them over his own. He shoots down his own men. This was all a trap. <laughs> You know, and um, his turnaround in the end is is just really cool, and I can't wait to see what that means for that character turning on his own men, being the person that organizes these in this town. How is he going to fare? What what's he going to do from now? And you know, um, so I, I'm excited to see where we go from from there. And then, of course, that that final scene of um sorry not not final scene but having uh gina carano pull out that gigantic gun and just try like <laughs> it's like all right i guess we're doing this you know what i mean her first thought is just okay more violence um and they finally escape i also want to do a little shout out to that uh yoked AF R2 unit that was like their fair <laughs> that ferried them down the thing. It's like I don't know what that is. I don't want it. <laughs> um mildly creepy. <laughs> yeah. 
it's uh it's quite uncomfy but yeah the way the season ended um so for me i was not as in love with the series as most people were from its inception Um, it was a slow burn for me, but they, they kept building in all the right areas, all the right characters, and the way it all came together, especially in the end, uh, was just was incredible. Um, it was it was a masterful build, and I love that. I feel like Star Wars is actually better suited to TV than it is to movies because agreed that long form you know, TV is what we need to grow with the character. I understand movies are more cinematic, but um, we need we need to spend time and understand the personalities and let you know what I mean? This is, it's like a it's like a crock pot, you know, we need to put that on low and low and slow, you know? Just let it simmer. And I like the weekly digest of everything. Like, being able to internalize it and think to myself, like, just what exactly happened, dissect each individual part of the episode as they come out, then be ready for the next week. Whereas, like you said, for a movie, it is cinematic. But it's like, okay, now I need to go to the movie theater three times to actually figure out what happened. And it just wasn't... It doesn't always click the first time in my head because I'm so excited to see new (laughs) Star Wars. Or, I mean, even expanding on that, Marvel series like Daredevil, all getting dropped in one night. Now... I love it, and I watched it all straight. Uh, <laughs> That's a just, lot of time commitment, for sure. <laughs> it, it, it is, but there's no way you can absorb everything straight. No. You know what I mean? It's it's literally not possible. So, um, I, yeah, I, I I appreciate that that type of release schedule as well. But um, awesome. So we had everyone for their thoughts on. I mean, we got through the whole series. Now. Let's get to the art, right? The, the directing, the score, the, the the graphics, the sets, the acting. Um, there's there's so much to talk about, especially if, if you watch the uh, you know Star Wars gallery, you know, where we get to go into depth on some of those things. Um, I'm gonna say, personally, straight off. Um, oh, also, like I guess said the cameos, having uh, Moss from the IT crowd as the droid in the prison episode made me so happy uh, <laughs> um but also having the thing that carries the best car being the ice cream maker will row hood my <laughs> man <laughs> oh god um so there, there's so much love and and care went, went into this uh but yeah let, let's jump into you know the the creation of it and that stuff and i'm gonna start with jose Okay, so for me, the first thing that I want to point out that was like a really big uh, deal with in the in the documentary was the VR technology that they used to create the three like technically like four D sets. So like it 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 has gone to the point that like Disney's spending so much money, they are going like all out on this, and I and I love it because now like there's no excuses. Like if you have to recreate something, it's not that like oh we don't have lighting, we don't know how the sun would look, and like to hit that perfect shot that I know that like the director wants. It's like no, they will they will put you straight into Tatooine like in, in like 30 seconds. So th- that 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 for me was amazing. I referenced the score earlier on because I didn't know if John Williams was scoring it, but like I I didn't appreciate how much the score goes into it till a few years ago. Specifically, I, I remember the moment that like I was watching Interstellar 
and like the the airlock scene as soon as like it go it goes uh black uh, like the, the the sound goes dark like it's full on mute you're like whoa like the music makes so much of a difference and i went on a deep dive for all like my favorite movies uh what, what makes them tick and i feel i feel like star wars is such a great balance between uh those great cinematic like operatic ben hur type of like scores and something that like feels so personal as what you mentioned um uh, Darth with the with like Quill's death scene it's like slow motion not a lot of sound like something so personal and so vivid like I could I could feel myself going like what's what's gonna happen I don't know what's gonna happen like it builds up the suspense and so I, I feel like uh it, it goes understated how much the production behind what you see in the in the screen matters so much uh the sets were also like impeccable i know they shot on location at a few at like uh most of them i believe instead of like the, uh, except the ones i heard were like huge uh that would be huge undertakings that they just did on the on the on, on set with like the vr graphics yeah. um but like I've, i felt like they hit everything that they needed to hit at a solid level even if you didn't like love the series or if if it like wasn't your cup of tea in terms of like oh i just i would have rather just this been a movie like i feel like they hit every level uh in a pretty solid manner like you could you could be satisfied watching it from 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 start to finish uh and then the acting obviously that they had like a-list actors up the wazoo uh in this in this undertaking it was amazing i was so happy they had carl weathers here like I, oh my like when i saw him Talk i was like camp. yeah I, i was like i i know but at the same time you're like so i good, i i can i un, i understand why they brought him i understand why because at at the beginning you were like oh this is just going to be like the the tongue in cheek type of character that just goes <laughs> like tries to push uh, like push mando just a tad little bit but it's like no he becomes like essential he's like He's meant to be like the guild master, basically, and he's just like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with, I I'm gonna go in this guy's corner, even though everything in my body is telling me like turn this guy in. So um, I, 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 I felt, honestly, I feel like his personality, his personality kind of carries. Yeah, I mean, they, in yeah. the making of, they talked about like he was going to be an alien, and they're like, no, we can't, we can't cover this man's face. <laughs> no, he, he carries a lot of this. You know, they were the main character. We can't see his face, but I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you. I just wanted to add, but I can't. Continue. No, no, but and and that and that's that's also like a a big thing. Like when you have such a, a great set of characters, and like some of them are aliens. Like, how do you deal with that? That that was so masterful on the part of um, Dave Filoni and, and and John Favreau in terms of balancing uh, like practical effects and then uh, digital, because uh, like. I, IG11 is is a digital character for the most part. Like there is a, a, a like a there is a, a a practical droid on set, but it's mostly like like 3D, like a like a it's a digital rendering. So they they merged uh for like style and function to the best like degree, at least for me for 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 what like for the ex the extent of the hype that it was for for the Mandalorian season one they they executed and i i gotta i gotta give them a slow clap for that one yeah absolutely yeah there's there's oh man there, there's so much to this uh, uh sorry your your thoughts um i mean yeah there's there's a lot to talk about here especially you could sit down and break this down for hours um but um i mean 
I guess I'll start by saying we brought this up like at the beginning of this episode, but um, you know, Disney, I feel like there was quite a bit of pressure on them to take Star Wars into live action TV and especially with the reception of some of the newer films, I think that they kind of had one shot to make this as great as they possibly could. And I think that that's, I, I'm, I'm, I, I almost want to say that I'm proud as a Star Wars fan that they really took every possible uh, thing that was available to them and spent as much money as they possibly needed to to create these beautiful sets and the beautiful soundtrack and um, get those actors and just all those things. And, you know, I thank God Baby Yoda was a puppet and not um, CGI. <laughs> I think originally he was supposed to be CGI and I'm so glad they didn't do that because, uh, you know, that it's so important for him especially to have the emotions that can really only effectively be replicated when you have a physical thing rather than, um, you know, a Jar Jar Binks style mistake um, but um, yeah no so I have to give um, John Favreau and um, Filoni credit for you know I, and they both have a lot of experience in the universe fans as well so I feel like that gave them a, like a leg up on what to you know do but at the same time it's live action it's never been brought to TV before and I just you know I, I have to give them so much credit for really exploring every possible option and doing the very best that they could with that. Um, in terms of the soundtrack, it kind of took me a little bit of time to kind of vibe with it. It wasn't, you know, when I think of Star Wars, the, even the animated series, you know, I think of John Williams first, of course, and um, kind of it, kind of the same way that it, it even though Mike, what is his name, Michael G. Chino, um, I think he did um, Rogue One, kind of the yeah. same way. Um, he, you know, that was a phenomenal soundtrack as well, but it it still wasn't John Williams, and you can just tell. And so I think maybe I had that expectation, which obviously nobody is John Williams except for himself. But um, so I think it took me a little bit, but I also I really do like what you know the Mandalorian theme is now iconic. You can recognize it anywhere, and um, like you said, those subtle. Um, choices like with Quill's death and things um, were very impactful um, and kind of I, at least to me I don't always see those quieter moments in soundtracks are really important to carry emotion across and um, I think that of all the Star Wars films I think The Last Jedi actually executes that the best um, from like what I can recall and I think Mandalorian would be a close second um, in terms of soundtrack-wise, doing that um, effectively portraying emotional moments with the like quieter sound, if that makes sense. Um, and in terms of acting, um, I, you know, like we said, very campy a lot of times. Um, Gina Carano was pretty much exactly what I was expecting from someone who uh, is not an actress, but perhaps um, a. Uh, is she, is she WWE or MMA? I can't remember. Um, She's a bit of both. Okay. Um, so, you know, she, very fast and furious, very uh, kind of, I was expecting that. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, she brought a lot to the character, and I, I do want to see more of her and see more of her story. But um, in terms of The Mandalorian, I think I don't hear a lot of people 
giving um, Pedro Pascal, like, I just think that he deserves the absolute most credit because he just brought so much nuance to the character, a character that you can't even see his face. And um, I know he wasn't always the person in the suit, but, you know, just, you know, the way he carried himself with the whole series was just, I, I, I just think it was a phenomenal acting job. And, um, you know, I, I don't hear a lot of people praising him for that, and they totally should be doing that. So. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, and one of the things I, I really appreciated is that they did make a note in uh, in Star Wars Galaxy when it came to, well, during the episode where they were talking about score, but it applies to everything about Star Wars and um, how close should you hold it to yourself to the point where there's no changes, there's no improve, not improvements, but there's no variation, there's no progress, um, you know, and they they wanted to have an, an homage to what we had before but not be held specifically to it so that we can continue to move forward and grow and i think they did it was jarring for me at first um mostly because in the first two episodes um honestly i will honestly go on record saying i think the music mix was too loud it was too loud in the first two episodes um, where I'm just like, oh, man, they're just like hit me in the chest. with this music. <laughs> I don't know if I like it yet or not, but it's abrasive. <laughs> when you rewatch it, I well, I rewatched it today and I felt that way at first, honestly. But now that I like the music and I know the music, it felt a lot better. Yeah, it, it was it was hard coming in at first you know what i mean yeah. it's yes it's like it's it's hot outside you jump into a cool pool yes once you get out of the pool you can hop back in <laughs> not not a huge difference but that that's yeah. that's kind of how i feel about it um but yeah yeah matt uh how, how do you how do you feel when we go to uh you know directing score graphics sure. sets and acting sure so i think with the music um what i really appreciated by it it's this organic mix of like normal music, almost symphonic, which is John Williams. And then it has this techno beat rock element. And the mixture of that is perfect because that's really what Mando is from a thematic perspective, right? He's got the armor, he's got the weapons, he's cool, awesome dude who's fighting his way through. That's the rock element. And then there's this organic side, which is, the way the more spirituality part of what star Wars is and what holds it together. Um, so I thought that was really cool. I forget the name of the composer. He did a wonderful job. I love the, you are a Mandalorian track from the first episode, actually, when they're riding the blurgs across the desert, mm -hmm. jumping across the cracks in the sand. I thought that was epic, not on the first time, but on a rewatch yeah. the first time I watched it, like you guys, it took me out of it. I wasn't knowing what to expect and always getting new star Wars in general for me is something that I have to get used to. And once yeah. I started listening to it a bit more, once the soundtrack became fully fleshed out, especially that Mandalorian theme, which we hear at the end of every, every episode, I started really appreciating it a lot more. I remember the first episode, I was like, oh, what is this at the ending? And then the last episode, I was rocking out to the Mando music. <laughs> it was epic. But from a directing perspective, I think that, 
you know, John Favreau, this amazing guy who directed Jungle Book, Lion King. Um, think what you will about those films, but the level of technology and what he was experimenting with at the time, which is shown in that gallery documentary about this series, is mind-boggling to me. Using, like you said, Jose, that VR technology, so cool. And it's inexpensive. Yeah. They don't have to spend a lot of money to go on location. If they're going to film something where they need real lighting, they go to the back lot to shoot that. Yeah. Outside Just of that. Put it in Unreal 4. You yeah, know? exactly. <laughs> and it's crazy that we are living in an era where we can't decipher mentally what's technology produced and what is really location. I mean, of course, they're using, you know, Videography. I mean, the way that you say that implies that we are not currently in a simulation. <laughs> and we <So> are. <laughs> and we are. We are in a simulation, just FYI. Oh, my goodness. Mandalorian talk, simulation theory, all coming together. Um, but no, I just, I really appreciate their level of, you know, advancement. And this is what George Lucas talked about when he's like, oh, I'm going to go make films in my basement. Like, you can do this in your basement. You don't have to leave your parking garage where you're filming this. You can do it all right there and you wouldn't even know the difference. It's fantastic. And then we have someone like Dave Filoni come in who is in my estimation and a lot of Star Wars fans, I believe, you know, the, the Padawan to George Lucas, right? He was with him for so long through Clone Wars, an era where I grew up in. So I love Dave Filoni, Star Wars storytelling. Um, it's, what I would estimate the nearest to George Lucas, like I said, and I can really get on board with whatever him and John Favreau are cooking up for a season two. But, you know, we had Taika Waititi. He has his flavor. Deborah Chow did that third episode, which I thought was fantastic. Rick Foyuma, uh, I'm probably pronouncing his name wrong. He did a fantastic job with the prison episode. All these different directors, Bryce Dallas Howard, um, who came from Jurassic Park, who I liked for the episode she was in per the ATST moment, where it's this big monstrous creature, not just something that the Ewoks go and blow up in Return of the Jedi. So each individual director really adds something new to the mix, I thought, personally. And then lastly, yeah. from an artistic perspective, I am a graphic designer. Um, so I really, really, really do appreciate seeing the concept art at the end. But sorry to cut you off. That was amazing. No, that is super cool that we actually get like that's such a privilege, you know what I mean? Like like if you play video games any mm -hmm. like like that's that's you you unlock concept art. That's that's the privilege yeah. that, that it yeah. is. And also to what you're saying, um Bryce D Dallas Howard uh you know, being the daughter to, to Ron Howard and <laughs> lot to live up to. <laughs> But her talking about like being a child and flying to yeah. Japan and meeting with she's she's with her dad, Ron Howard, George Lucas, and Akira Kurosawa. She's a child. She has no idea who these people are, what's going no. on. It's just such it's such mind boggling stories. It's it's reminiscent of um Carrie Fisher's stories as a child, because she was hollywood royalty and yeah. has stories of you know being a child waking up in the morning and the rolling stones are drunk sleeping on her <laughs> couch you know what i mean stuff like that happened to her on a regular basis um it's 
part of the problem. But and you don't know that's normal when you're a kid either. You don't know what is normal from that perspective. Yeah, I, I don't know. There's just there's, there's so much uh, cool cool stuff to to impact with this, and I I love that. I mean, I, f- there's a lot of things that Disney does that people will automatically say that's just a, a cash grab. That's just that's just money. Um, but for instance, doing Star Wars Gallery as a weekly release after the Mandalorian is over—perfect execution. I would pay more money for it. You know what I mean? Like, don't give them any ideas. <laughs> no, true. Have you seen Mulan? <laughs> yeah. That no, being said, I, uh, that, yeah, pirated, but yes, <laughs> yeah. I agree with that. I mean. I mean <laughs> I used to look forward to when I watched Star Wars as a kid, watching them behind the scenes. So having that mm-hmm. after for a whole series, eight episodes, holy cow. That being said, yeah, the, the concept art for the child left me scarred for life. I was like, oh, dear God, please. I, I, thank you. Thank you that you didn't make him like an old, like soggy, like, oh, my God, please don't. Thank you. Thank you, Dave Filoni. Thank you, Dave Filoni. <laughs> I got nightmare flashbacks of when Gremlins. I no no worse okay. when I saw the prequels in theater. Oh, they had puppet yeah. Yoda that looked oh, like yeah. a crackhead. That's what oh, I grew yeah. up with because I had the VHS. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <That's true. laughs> crackhead Yoda. He, he was just a straight up like, don't do math. <laughs> <laughs> Facts. <laughs> All right, so season one was awesome. Um, I'm going to need some hard predictions uh, from season two. Ooh. Now, I have I have two separate categories, right? One is predictions. One is wish list. All right. <laughs> predictions, we're going to go fast. We're going to go through everyone. Um, I want you to make like a hard prediction, and, uh, and I, I want to be able to call you out on it if it, if it happens or doesn't happen. Uh, <laughs> Love that. So let's let's start predictions first. Uh, Sawyer, we're coming to you. Season two predictions. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, goodness. Okay. I think that this is not going to be interesting at all. I think that even though we are pretty sure that Ahsoka is going to be in this series, I think it's going to be for one episode. I think it's going to be very underwhelming for people that really wanted to see her. And I think um, I want to say they do her justice, but I just, I don't think, I think we're going to be left going, why was this in here? That is my prediction. <laughs> okay. Okay. I, I, I like it. Um, I like it a lot. I agree with it. I think it's, it's one episode and what I I'm predicting that it is a backwards pilot. It is a pilot for a live action um, show this man knows. that's this going man to, that's knows. going to go off. Right. That's, that's what it's like that weird episode of the office, like season nine, where they're all on the farm. That was a pilot for a weird Dwight farm show that no one wanted. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that's I don't what want to see is. that. <laughs> uh, all right. Matt, predictions. Let's go. Um, just like Sawyer, I think Ahsoka will be in one episode. I think it'll be epic, though, to go off of what you were saying. I think it'll be actually be really good. I think we, you know, a lot of people are speculating, oh, we're going to see Captain Rex. I think that'd be really cool. And I think that 
we're going to see him more likely than we're going to see Sabine, right? Because um, I think that she's with Ezra by now in the timeline, if you look at it that way and you've watched Rebels. Um, I think that, you know, this is a weird one, but I think by the end of this season, we're going to be left on a cliffhanger with Moff Gideon holding Baby Yoda and the Mandalorian having to get back to him. I think there's that cliffhanger is going to happen at the ending of this season. And that's, I know, very far down the road, but I would look forward to that because I love not knowing what's going to happen next. Uh, that's why I love the Marvel movies so much is because when Infinity War happened, you get the snap and you're wondering how are they actually going to come back with it. Um, I think that, you know, everybody's saying, are we going to see Boba Fett? Are we going to see Boba Fett? I think if we see Boba Fett, it's not going to be Boba Fett. I think we're going to see his armor under... Uh, what's his face from Aftermath? What is his name? I forget. Cobb Vanth. Cobb Vanth. Yes, I think we're going to see him um, instead of Boba. But I think I think I'll leave it there because my wish list is a bit longer. <laughs> oh, and I, I think we're going to figure out why Moff Gideon has the dark saber. Of course, I I would love this is more wish list, but I would love to see a full episode just going into his backstory. I would love to see that, but we're not going to get it. I don't think. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for that. I'm sorry. I just, I got the nicest message in chat I've ever, ever gotten in my entire life. That's um, awesome, dude. And sorry. What did it say? What did it say? Read it. <laughs> I, I, I just asked if, if, oh, if God. I'm, if I'm God. allowed to, to share it, but okay. um, man, it's, Sorry, the, the Star Wars community that I've found here is just—it's—it's it's the best. I'm oh. my eyes are watering right now. So, That's um, awesome. uh, <laughs> uh, uh, so the the message the the message says because um, it was it was uh, an, an an awesome person uh, Connor uh, in the chat. He said. Uh, he was offering like bits for um, for Twitch, which to be I, I don't fully understand yet because I'm new yeah. to this. Like affiliate yeah. and all that. May is the very yeah. first time I ever created content for anyone ever. Yeah, you know what I mean. But he said, uh, you know, you, you don't understand. You've changed a lot of people's lives. You're an inspiration. Uh, every day, I personally look forward to watching you. My friend, you make me smile. You're so positive, uh, to be honest. I'll admit it keeps me going in life. Keep being you. You're the nicest person I've ever met. Uh, I know times will be bad for you as you're a human. So I want to repay Damn. the favor. I'm always here for you. I bless you and your wife on a daily basis. Keep being you. God bless you, Brandon. Um, wow. That hits, and, and, and I've I've never uh, cried on screen before. Oh, <laughs> go for um, it! Go, go for, for it. it! No, that's epic. No, you seriously like when you make content, you never know how people are going to receive it, and to actually know that you're making an impact is amazing. Congrats, dude! That's amazing. congrats. <laughs> So deserve it. I mean, you're you're you are hands down one of my favorite people that I've probably ever met in my entire life. Like, yeah. it's a privilege to be on this podcast, and it's a privilege to. So. Yeah, seriously. Same as as soon as I saw your like your, you were one of the nicest. First of all, I I I, I was so. 
I was so inspired by the way that you're like so accepting of other people and like their opinions and 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 the way that like Star. I mean, everybody knows this. Star Wars fandom can be really toxic, and like you 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 are kind of like the bright star in the middle of that. So <laughs> it's a privilege. It's a privilege to be here, honestly. And you know so uh, much about it too. Yeah, I was honestly a little nervous to come on here tonight. I thought oh, I knew yeah, a lot about Star Wars, and then I watched your TikToks, and I'm like. Well, crap, he's going to outdo me this time. <laughs> the force is with him. The force is with our man. Uh, no, it's it's about being geeky together. I am just gracious because like, I think of Star Wars Celebration 2015, um, the first and only one I've, I've been to, and the people I met there is why I live in San Diego right now. I made wow. friends there, and they introduced me to someone that i lived with for four years and i'm still friends with all of these people and moving down here is how i met my wife like it's i don't know i've i to the star wars community and so i would give everything back if i I can anyways sorry to go off on that digression um jose i i gotta get some some predictions some hard predictions Wow, it's hard. It's it's hard to like go off from that, but uh, I'll give you. I'll, I'll I apologize. Give you... I'm, no, I was no, not I love this. It myself, but... I'm here for wholesome Twitch. Like we, this is what we want here. So um, seriously, for me, I have three things. For me, I, I have three predictions. One of them is that we will see a Kyber crystal in 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 some way. In some way, because if you think, because if you think about it, they're setting up Baby Yoda with the Force. They're setting up like something is being extracted. You, we haven't mentioned like they haven't mentioned midi chlorian, something like that. And we know of Ahsoka. Like there is, there will be a Kyber crystal. Either he will, either Jin will find it, or he will interact with it, or like something will happen with a Kyber crystal. Second, my prediction is that they will like we will see something of Baby Yoda's species, or like Yoda's species. Like either one. I think it's either going to be what Bat said, like. Moff Gideon winning, and then it's gonna be like the like the Avengers End Game, like trying to get mm. him back, or it'll be like, oh, there's more, like there 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 are more uh, of of Yoda's species lying around, and, and third is instead of the of of Matt's prediction of like Boba Fett just seeing the armor, there will be like a full on battle at some point. That's my third prediction. Full on. A full, a full on like with Boba Fett or? yeah, with Boba, like okay. Jin and Boba, and like because because if you think about it, like I, I'm I'm not really sure if the expanded universe talks about this that like to this length, but I don't even think is it is it confirmed if if Boba Fett is a real Mandalorian or if it's just like a product of Boba Fett being just a bounty hunter. Sorry, uh, a Jango Fett being a bounty hunter that just, just like passes on from one generation to the next. In Clone Wars, they confirmed that he is that Django and Boba are not Mandos. Okay, so then it, it's literally like the like the the like imposter versus the one that's like yes. earning being the, the Mandalorian. True. Yeah, the true Mandalorian versus the imposter, and like that that storyline. Oh, that is Western written all over it. I want Wait till it. season three. Wait till yes. season three. <laughs> I want it. I want well, it. They're, they're actually, I mean, you saying that actually brings me to a, to a question. Because uh, I'm not certain of, of this. And, and, and I may have, I may very well have missed something. But um, we know that Boba is not a Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, do we know that Chango was never affiliated? I, I'm I'm curious if it's possible that Django was or maybe left or whatever, but raised Boba in the tradition, but he was never part of their group, so he has the the sauce. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know what you're but, saying. You know, I, I'm I'm curious. I just I just don't you know what I mean? Yeah, I, and especially that information came from Prime Minister Almick, and we know that he's not necessarily the most trusted individual in the galaxy, but <laughs> I see what you're saying, though, and I like where you're going with it. Yeah, and it's not trying to be, be contrarian or anything, just Mm-mm. just curious, you know? Um, also, I, I asked, because uh, we have my favorite TikTok creator, uh, Element7, is in the chat. Uh, he said... Uh, Din is seeking out the Jedi, so the closest thing we can come to that is Ahsoka. I think he's mm-hmm. going to track her down as she's tracking down Ezra. And so we'll see Ahsoka and Sabine on their search in the path. The paths are intertwined temporarily. But Bo-Katan is 100% to show how she lost the Darksaber. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, I would love Ooh. to see all of that, <laughs> uh, especially because... Um, Oh my goodness! Why, why is the name escaping me? Um, Katie Sackoff, uh, our favorite sexy Cylon, who plays the voice for uh, for Bo-Katan, is perfect age to play her in in this right now. So a live action Bo-Katan, I would love to see, and and I I need it. I need it in my life. Mm-hmm. Um. All right, so my my hard things is for one, Baby Yoda, aka the child, is going to get a name. We need a name, okay. God damn it. We do. <laughs> yeah, I'm tired of calling him Baby Yoda. <laughs> so, that was gonna, that was, oh my god, that was going to be on my wish list that he doesn't get a name. <laughs> <laughs> He's called Baby Yoda forever. Yeah. Um. So so yeah, my 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 thing. He's going to get a name. Mm. Um, that we are going to see we're going to see Boba Fett Um, and even though the Aftermath book heavily implied that he's dead (laughs) I think the fans are going to resurrect him Uh (laughs) wasn't it George who said himself like yeah Absolutely. Oh, he's totally alive. He got out of the Scarlack. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. For to George, he's dead. Um, oh, really? I thought it was George who. Yeah. But when so, Disney bought it, I thought. I so when when um, <laughs> so the the funny thing it's it's always a question of like how did Disney decide what's canon and what's not canon? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? What made them choose this stuff? And the truth is, Disney didn't choose it. This is George Lucas's canon that they're going off of. Okay. If George Lucas himself didn't consider it canon, it's not canon. Uh, and that's where that's where the separation happened. And it's funny because there's also, there's all these um, authors, you know, Timothy Zahn, uh, Karen Travis was pissed about it. Um, uh, John Jackson Miller. There's a bunch of authors that fully were like, oh yeah, we were never, we were never part of George's canon. Like we, we are beholden to his vision. He's not beholden to ours. Uh, and and stuff and so um, I know I'm I'm just I think that 
Disney's going to bring him back. I don't know how, because the way Aftermath was, it implies that he died and lost his armor. So if he survived, he showed up naked. <laughs> which which I want to see. But it could potentially be any clone um, showing up trying to reclaim that armor. So those are my those are my predictions. Um, sorry to spend so much time just ranting myself. I apologize. Um, all right, know. real quick, we're gonna do. Let's do um, both wish lists, and you guys have the stamp, the green light stamp. <laughs> you can green light any project in Star Wars, uh, and it's going to happen no matter what. What are you gonna What are you gonna give the green stamp to? And I am coming to you. I started with Soya, so Matt. Oh boy. Um. So wish list. Um. You know, <laughs> this sounds terrible. Whatever characters you bring back from animated Star Wars or any other part of Star Wars, don't mess it up. <laughs> that is my wish. So if you're gonna bring Sabine in, if you're gonna bring. Ahsoka, if you're going to be in Captain Rex, Boba Fett, uh, Kitty Sackhoff's character, uh, Bo-Katan. If you bring all of these characters in, don't mess them up. <laughs> um, that is my major wish. Um, I would love if all those characters came in and interplayed at some point. Is it going to be season two? Who knows? It's, I think it's only a matter of time, really, especially with someone like Bo-Katan who knows the history and the meaning of the Darksaber. Mm-hmm. I think we have to see her character at some point because the show is called The Mandalorian. <laughs> she is just such an amazing character that would fit right in with this cast, I think. Um, honestly, I don't want to see too much of those characters. I don't really want to see Sabine. I don't really want to see, I think the way you pitched it, Jose with Boba Fett was the best way that I've ever heard it. So you're, you got me on board with Boba Fett. Um, From the perspective of something that's not character driven necessarily. um, I'm already happy to see that we're going back to Tatooine. I'm already happy to see all that. One character that no one is bringing up that I really want to see, though, going back to characters, is Cad Bane. (laughs) I really want to see Cad Bane. Because we have so many other bounty hunters and bounty hunter talk in this. And he would be kind of an old man at this point. But I think, you know, if I were writing the story, I think it would be him that comes in to save or to inspect um, the bounty hunter from the fifth episode on Tatooine's body. Cause we don't know who that mystery character is. A lot of people are speculating this Boba Fett. I would love for it to be Cad Bane actually. Um, I, like I said, I would really like to see a full episode that goes into the backstory of Moth Gideon and understand where he's coming from and what his perspective is. I think that it would be really cool if here's my, here's my pitch for what happens and why they're going after baby Yoda or the child, whatever you want to call this unnamed character so far maybe it's to kind of take the metachlorians from him because the imperials have a perception that you know in order to be all powerful like vader or sidious these high powered um ex sith lords that they have to have more of a physical substance so maybe they're going after the metachlorians to inject into moff gideon maybe he's seeking that power he has the dark saber in this big cave maybe he's looking to be something like them just a thought um my stamp 
I could green light anything, I would like to see... This is so hard. Because I would have said before the Bad Batch was announced, another spin-off Clone Wars series. Um, I think it's awesome that we're getting that, even if it is just for like a singular season. If not, bring back to Cad Bane, I would love to see what happened to him and Boba Fett after the events of Star Wars The Clone Wars. What happened to all those bounty hunters? Just go on a Star Wars The Clone Wars animation spree with all the bounty hunters and see what adventures they went on because those episodes were canceled and never told um, except for that one <laughs> bit of footage from Celebration where we see Boba Fett maybe killing Cad Bane. We don't know, though. And Dark Disciple. Yes. Yes, exactly. Which I haven't finished yet. <laughs> I haven't had the time. I know it's so terrible. <laughs> Sorry, you need to finish it, too. I'm I know. Sorry. I'm halfway through. I'm halfway through it. I just got to <laughs> do it. I got to commit. Which, which, do you want to take my organic chemistry test? We can try it. <laughs> Pass. <laughs> no mechanisms for me. Not anymore. <laughs> uh, uh, all right, uh, Ho- Jose, you got your your wish list and uh, wish list and green wow. button. For wish list, uh, I know it, I know it's like I'm going off of what Matt said as well. Like I don't want them to like destroy a character that's like beloved in the canon, but I want to see a Force Ghost. I want to see a force goes at at some point. Um, uh, I've always really liked the idea of having Mace Windu uh, show up as as a force ghost, considering like he, like he's kind of like Yoda. He was like they they were at the apex of their power and they failed. And they can like they can teach so much about failure <laughs> and like trying to like get there. That like I I, w- I would love to see to see Mace Windu. So, I, I don't mean to laugh, but I just picture him showing up and be like, what's up, you baby-ass motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that, that, that would be, that would be, that would be so, like, I love Sam Jackson. I mean, I, we, we got to use him while, while, while he's still alive, you know? Like, he's, he's getting up I there. I mean, he said he wants to play, he'd, play, he'd do it again. He'd bro, bro, like, yes, yes. You inject Sam Jackson. I would say Jackson. he'd have to be a force ghost. Maybe he's just there he survived i mean technically technically uh, that's what i was thinking like while you were talking it's like oh we technically heard him in like rise of skywalker so it's like they're technically like all dead now so it's like kind of wild but (laughs) well i mean so in in rebels um yoda appeared to ezra and yoda was still alive but i mean Um, if yoda can blow up a tree at like he like if yoda can blow up a tree post death like mace windu can show up and like be, blow a few f bombs on these people, so that that'd be one. That that'd be one. <laughs> Definitely a force ghost. Uh, second of all, I want to see a Wookie. I want to see a Wookie. Like I want to see. I, I I want like I don't want to see Chewbacca. No, I I want. I just want to see another Wookie have like good like character like development even though like they can't really talk that much uh, and he can't be related to chewbacca no 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 chewbacca related. relationship it's nala. No. <laughs> no yeah no like no, no chewbacca relationship <laughs> uh, uh the other the other wish list that i have uh i don't like i wouldn't say the thing is i want the mandalorian to be kind of his, his own like thing uh, like I, I want, I want the Mandalorian to be its own thing. So I don't, I don't want to like mess that much with, with jet, like Din Djarin, but I, I want to bring like somebody that like either knew Han Solo or that like interacted with that, like original gang of characters back 
so they can like at least serve as the guide you know like now that Naquil is gone like ser- serve as the guide once they have a little bit more like a rapport uh with each other and i don't and I, I know that's really vague but like those are the three things that popped in my head in terms of stamping i've had this in my mind for years okay i want a star killer show now like from the force away like from the force uh unleashed, unleashed. i want his series now and like the other one would be let's let's you you've already expanded on the lore enough let's bring a series where it brings the other side of the coin let's bring us a, a series that focuses on the sith so like darth revan darth bane like like the 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 nuances that come with that with thousands of years of war and like trying to like decipher what true power is and like darth nihilus as he's like referenced in 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 like the the like the what's the things like the the statues in 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 the rise of skywalker like mm-hmm. i want to see that and like star wars can get there because if you like if you want to go like the darker side like star wars has been there and like I, i'm pretty like wh- while while there was no blood that last scene in rogue one was classic like hitchcock type horror like just the sound and just being like mm-hmm. Ooh, that's that's literally like something you'd see in alien or something like that it doesn't have to be super gory but like don't be afraid to take it like that to that level because we saw kylo ren get like pretty dark and like like literally chop people in half like you can show darth nihilus like literally like consuming somebody and like losing their like losing his humanity or like well technically i think it's a her but yeah yeah uh, like that's that's what i would do i would do star killer like introduce him into the canon officially or like cal Kestis, uh like do a series on him and then like definitely a sith series it is time bad guys need to need a, need their spot to shine too absolutely so have you have you read the darth bane trilogy no, I haven't. I haven't read like much of the books. Like that's the only thing that I'm like, I, I need to finish uh, uh, the seventh season of of the Clone Wars, and then I have to start reading. So I have to start reading. Real talk. If I sent yeah. you an audiobook of the Darth Bane trilogy, which would you at least listen to the first book or try? For to- sure. For sure. I'm Does it explain do everything? Does oh it explain god. like? Oh my god! It it, yes. it is it is it is your dream. It is your dream. I'm giving it to you because you want it. You don't know that you want it yet. It's incredible. Because I know like the basics of like the rule of two, like the rule of two. And I I understand it, but like so much deeper than that. I know you're a lore guy. This is the most dark side lore of anything. Really? Truthfully. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll hear it. Um, Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. um, We're we're making that happen. Uh, Okay. Um, And and that was the green light, but gotcha. Uh, Sorry. Okay. Um, so uh, I already said, completely in contrast to what you want, I do not want Baby Yoda to have a name. I like that he is the child. I don't know why. I just I think if he just has a name, it just takes away from like his like you know he's kind of like a mystical. We don't know anything about him, so I think if we give him a name, it will take away from that at least personally. So that's like number one. Number two, kind of like what Matt said. Um, you know, I. I I love all of the characters that Dave Filoni has spent so much time with. And I have not watched Rebels yet, but I understand that those characters have such importance and Ahsoka, obviously. Um, and I, I, I trust... I trust <laughs> watch it. 
I will. I will. Again, <laughs> organic chemistry. <laughs> true. Very but, true. Uh, Facts. Uh, <laughs> no. Um, but, and if there were anyone in Star Wars to do them justice in live action, it would, of course, be Favreau and Filoni. But yeah. if you overcrowd Mandalorian Season 2 with a bunch of these characters, that takes away from basically everything we've talked about in the past two hours of how the Mandalorian did such a phenomenal job giving life to all of these new characters that we've never seen before and rounding them out so nicely and setting them up for their own journey. And I just, I, I don't need to see all these other people. I think, uh, I think Matt's right. Having Bo-Katan um, is almost necessary because of the Darksaber. But I mean, I don't know. I don't need to see five, six, seven characters that we already know so much about. So I think that those are my two, like, 100% wishes so um but i would also really like to see mando i would like to see din face a situation where it's not a droid that he has to show his face to i would like to see him confronted with his um loyalty to the mandalorians and um have him you know i, I would like to see what would happen if he broke the code um either intentionally or unintentionally. I think that's something, I don't know if they'll be able to explore that in this season necessarily, but I would really like to see that at some point. Um, yeah. yeah. Going off Anthony, of that really yeah. quick. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, what I was going to say is they're going to go like full Anthony Hopkins in the original Thor. You're unworthy of your title. You're unworthy of being <laughs> my son. Yeah. Well, not so much that, but I'd like to see how he deals with it himself because it's him, you know, he was, you know, he was willing to die for a droid to not see his face. So I don't know. I just would like to have him have no choice but to, you know, be confronted with that at some point. Um, but anyway, green light. Um, I'm going to go way more on the side of what Jose was talking about. Um, I only recently started getting into, like, the Old Republic, all these amazing stories that are not canon anymore. I don't necessarily, I mean, I would love for Revan, I would love for Knights of the Old Republic in general to become canon or for them to adapt it in a way that it could be canon with everything else. I think that story is really cool. And, um, you know, those characters from that era are just amazing, especially the Sith characters. Um, but even if Disney didn't go that route, I would just like to get away from the Skywalkers. <laughs> You know, I mean, The Mandalorian does get away from that, but yes. <laughs> it's still in between two trilogies, and I would love for them not to go forward. Like, I don't really, and I am the biggest sequel defender on the planet. Like, you know, I, I know that one of my episodes for this is going to be The Rise of Skywalker. I will defend that movie way more than I probably should. <laughs> but... I don't need to see what happens after. I want to know what happened way before the Skywalkers were even in the picture at all. So uh, whether that looks like things we've already seen before, um, but just Disney's interpretation or something completely different. Um, yeah. Okay. I, I, I like it. I, I love a, a lot, a lot of what everyone has said here. Um, me coming into this. Uh, <laughs> um he needs a name. Uh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. No, I, I appreciate. I appreciate your your thoughts on like 
mm-hmm. uh, remain. <laughs> but actually, based off what you said, I've actually formed a new hard prediction. And that's the season ender of this next season is that he is going to have to denounce his Mandalorian ties for Baby Yoda. And that's how the season is going to end. And he's going to have to go into the next season unaffiliated. He I was no thinking series. His, this, this and that. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm calling season. Wow. Oh, Mostly okay. because I feel like that would create the most the most Tension. drama for the character. Yeah. Um, My watch has ended. Full on yeah. Game of Thrones. <laughs> I yeah. I, I that's that's what I want to see. And also, top of my wish list. It's not going to happen. It can't happen. But I loved the Marvel Netflix shows. Um, you know, a, a lot of them. Not all of them were great. But don't get me wrong. But there was a lot of great in all of them. Right. It's a distinction. So what I want more than anything. If Rosario Dawson is being Ahsoka, I want Jessica Henwick to be Sabine, and I want Simone uh, Messick uh, to come in as Sana Staros, and we have a Daughters of the Dragon reunion in Star Wars. Nice. That would, I would just die. I would just die. I would just pass out and die. That would be <laughs> amazing. Um, you want Han Solo's ex-girlfriend, girlfriend to <laughs> from the comics yes that, wow <laughs> yeah but to be played by you know she played misty knight in in luke cage um but it would be a full-on marvel daughters of the dragon dig it. In, in star wars Oof. and i need it um, <laughs> i need it for the green light button um by the way i gotta say sawyer i, I love you i love you so much I'm going to have to disagree with you again. Uh, <laughs> so for my green light button, and, and I've, I, I've mentioned it before, um, but what I want is um, a series where it's Rey and she's trying to set up or understand what the Jedi is or trying to set up what the Jedi will be. But, <laughs> but, oh, no, 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 no. We, we haven't even gotten to the content yet. I want Finn as a Jedi. <laughs> Sorry. And, and and she's going to be training Finn, and Finn's going to be learning as well. But I want this to be a Prime Luke series. I want her to have the ancient textbooks and be going through them with Luke's notes. And I want this to be a flashback series where it's Ray reading these flashbacks of Luke, and it flashbacks to Luke learning these lessons, going to a bunch of these Force-sensitive groups around the galaxy and learning what they have to teach them. It's Luke trying to start up his Jedi Order and failing. And all of this is being read by Rey, who is going to, in the future, incorporate this. But it's a Luke series in the future with... Who's playing Luke, though? Sebastian Stan. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, I am in. In. <laughs> in. I would accept that. I would accept it on those terms. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think I just, I'm, I'm, and we definitely will be talking about this quite a bit more, but from all of the theorizing and like 
wish list stuff that I have seen on the like pro sequel side of Star Wars, I'm just so sick of seeing it. So I'm just like, I can't. That's imagine. fair. Yeah, right, let's get away from this. Uh, great, away from the Skywalkers. That's true. That's a thousand percent. Um, second to that is the Darth Bane series, but it has to be a long form show. You can't tell the Darth Bane series in movies. Um, the first book would be three movies by itself at the minimum. Ooh. Not because it's so long, but because it covers so much. He's a guy that didn't know the Force existed to being one of the most powerful Sith Lords in existence and destroying the Sith. So you can't cover that in three movies. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, that's, that's where, where I'm going. And that's why. And Jose, if you, if you read, if you read it, I will do another podcast episode of just dark side stuff and we'll bring you back for it. And I, oh, I, yes. I, need, I need it. I need it. Yeah. Um, and Element 7, you're in the chat. I'm calling you out because I need you on this episode as well if we do a, this, this Dark Side episode. Um, and, uh, yeah. So that, that's, 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 that's where I'm going with this. Uh, but thank you guys so, so much for, for coming on and, and joining me. Um, it, it's, it's awesome. Like Every time I do one of these, I have no idea where it's going to go, how we're going to end up, or what people are going to say. And I'm shocked every time, and I love it every single time. So <laughs> it's it's just great. Um, I want to go through and do, uh, if you guys have any final thoughts on season one or season two, and also let everyone know where we can find you. And I'll start with uh, with Matt. So just right off the bat, um, if, you're, if you want to find me on social media, I am at Matt Mellish on everything. So TikTok, Instagram, I don't really go on Twitter. Don't go follow me on Twitter or Facebook. I don't go there. If you look at my Facebook, it still looks like I'm dating my ex-girlfriend. Um, uh, it's bad. I, I just don't use it. Um, and then on YouTube, my YouTube channel is Matt Mellish. But final thoughts on The Mandalorian. I love the series. Like truly, it is up there for my top Star Wars storytelling, which is saying a lot. Um, I grew up with The Clone Wars, so... The Clone Wars will always be number one for me. Um, truly, like it goes over the original trilogy for me. I just love the character storytelling and the lore that you get out of that series. But Mandalorian really shows a different part of Star Wars that I can get on board with any day of the week. Um, it just takes you to different places with characters that you would have never thought you would meet. Who would come to look at Quill as being such a beloved character that you're so sad to see killed at the end of that seventh episode? Um, there are some great emotional moments like that that keep me watching. And I'm just excited to see where it goes. I think, you know, Rebels started out for me as being one of those shows where it's kind of like, okay, we're on the same planet. We're not doing much here. Um, let's get more into Star Wars lore. And I think The Mandalorian will kind of evolve in that same way. I think we're going to find out more about not necessarily Yoda's species, even though that's where it looks like it's going, but just get more into the Force and the way it works, which I would have never thought by hearing the pitch of a bounty hunting <laughs> series with a guy like Mando. That was a shocker for me and a good one at best. Um, how do I think the series will end? This is my series prediction. Um, 
I think it will end with him going back to the planet with that widow and her child and taking the helmet off and living with her. I think that's a very peaceful way to end it. It was just too early on in the story for him to do it at this point. And he was still wanting to do something like that. So I think he's going to be stuck with baby Yoda for a while or the child or whatever you want to call him. But I think it's going to end still with those two together, but him taking the helmet off, denouncing the Mandalorian ways, like you said, Darth. Um, And it's going to be a happy ending for the character who did so much to protect something that he loves so much and cares about. Oh, and also to wrap it up for me, thank you so much for having me on here. Um, It was such a blessing. I love your content and to be able to come and talk star Wars was just, it made me so happy to see your message, especially in my live that made my night. So thank you for all that you do. And like your one listener said, you do make a difference, even though you might not see it and it's just behind a camera. So yes, those are my final thoughts. I, I, I appreciate it. Uh, I mean, not, not you trying to make me cry, but everything else. Jose, final thoughts and where can we find you? Wow, it's it's hard to follow that, Matt. But um, um, in terms of in terms of the the series and itself, I'm a really big fan of subverting expectations, and I'm 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 really excited to see this side of Star Wars where it's like it's no holds barred. The Empire is gone. Like we we need to know what's happening. Like who's surviving? Who's the scrappiest? Like survival of the fittest type of thing. And I really like how the Mandalorian is adding lore from like all areas of the galaxy like shock troopers yoda species like every single aspect that we know and love from the original trilogy and from the clone wars and all the other star wars media is converging at the perfect time and i'm so glad that i'm alive and healthy to like watch all this unfold um uh, in terms of how the series will end uh i i i i do agree that he will he will try to like leave a live a peaceful life but i do think that like we will see the child uh make a decision on like what what type of force user he 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 wants he or she wants to be and i would love that like uh, like i i i think this is a perfect three or four season show for for disney uh, unless they want to like milk it and be like, oh, because you know, like for example, like the Force healing was technically like like just at, just before Rise of Skywalker, so you had some like uh, like oh, I saw that in Mandalorian. So like if they want to milk it, they can take it like to infinity and beyond. But the 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 ideal thing for me is having the the character that we we are literally witnessing since the beginning at least get to the teenage stage, either do like a, a flash forward or something like that. And they choose, like cho- choose. Uh, that would be the ideal thing for me in terms of that. Um, as far as like, where can they find me? Uh, I am Island Joe on TikTok and it's Island Joe on anything, everything else. I'm starting my Twitch. Uh, like I, I've already had some streams there. If you guys ever want to play any video games, I have like literally all the systems now. <laughs> okay, I've been saving up for ye- for like a year and a half trying to do this. So if you guys 
want to do like uh, like more podcasts, like more video games, you're welcome to join. So at It's Island Joe on Twitter, Pinterest, wherever you find, I have it. Uh, not necessarily super active, but but I have it. And finally, uh, first of all, thank you to all the panelists, Sawyer and Matt. Um, I've seen your content on TikTok and I've been like super inspired because I've always wanted like, I've always felt like a nerd that couldn't like necessarily ex <laughs> express himself to the full extent. Uh, and so like watching cosplay, all of my Legos that I thought were like, oh, you're not, a, you're not a child anymore. You got to throw them away or give them away. I'm like, yes, I'm like, I'm like, I can, I, I can enjoy this and it's okay to enjoy this. And Darth, thank you from the bottom of my heart for this opportunity. I would love to come back for whatever you need me. And, and thank you for being a positive voice in a sea of toxicity that I've seen from the Star Wars stuff. Like, bro, it, it, even even in like, in 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 my hometown. So like, I'm, I'm from Puerto Rico and we get it different. Cause like, we, we, we have like, ob obviously it's like a, a different culture that grew up with Star Wars. Like, for example, my dad grew up with Star Wars, but like his, his cousins did it because they didn't like know English. So like they, they didn't, they couldn't see the movie. They only saw it in Spanish, like late years after it came out. So like, it, it's fun, it's fun to see how people from like widely different, like, uh, backgrounds can enjoy something so pivotal in like the media history, which is Star Wars. Uh, and I know I love how it converges in where we are right now. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. I, man, I, I, I appreciate it. And, um, uh, two things I have to say to that real quick. Um, so like I said, I need, I need you to read, uh, Darth Bane trilogy. Yes, sir. Ele Element seven has committed to coming on to that podcast as well. I, um, I and when you mentioned, uh, you have all the games and all the systems, uh, element also commented phasmophobia Jedi council style. I don't know what that means, but I'm in. You know, I yeah. don't know what phasmophobia is, but um, but my my girl uh, uh, Jay Afra uh, has been doing it and posting content about it. I'll okay. reach out to her see if, see if she'll join. Uh, I think she's in Scotland or whatever, but who knows? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All about all about it. Awesome. Uh, and thank thank you for coming on. And uh, last but. And certainly not least, Sawyer? Um, yeah, okay. Uh, so I guess I'll start with the series. Um, I mean, I, I I have so much appreciation for The Mandalorian. I mean, I don't think any of us really knew what to expect from a live-action Star Wars TV show. Um, and, you know, even though it was kind of a slow start for me, like, I have, I just had so much appreciation for it. Obviously, I have into lots of merchandise but um and, and strangely enough this particular show has been the one element of star wars that i've been able to share with friends who have never seen it before i don't know why it's possibly just because it's a very accessible version of star wars but um you know i've been able to show my like this thing that i'm very passionate about to people that i live with at school like who would never have ever watched star wars willingly if it weren't for baby yoda so um i appreciate it in that respect as well um as for the series end um that's a tough one i mean i really like what um uh both matt and jose had to say but um you know i would like a satisfying ending for mando i think 
um, as you know, he, he'll obviously he has a lot of conflict to deal with before that. But I do like the idea of him being able to settle down and remove himself from that code and that being a Mandalorian. I think that's a really would be a really nice way for that to end. But I also really like the idea of uh, the child having to make a really difficult choice that you know kind of sets either sets him off on a different journey or you know just concludes the series as a whole i think both of those ideas are really would just kind of make for a phenomenal ending as well yeah. um as for where you can find me uh my tiktok and my instagram are sawyerism that's my name except put this is going to sound horrible but just put my name into the word voyeurism and that's how you spell it that was a name given to me by a friend well over a year ago and he said this is your new uh social media i was like that's... and then it, it that's 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 where it came from <laughs> that's clever. the, really the second freudian style swear you've made tonight but uh, I'll, I'll let it go <laughs> <laughs> it's my, i'm sorry it's my username but um yeah so um that's where you can find me and i make yeah uh, and if you can't find me there, if you don't have social media, you'll probably find me in Galaxy's Edge at least once a month. Nice. I, I Personally, from the ages of 17 and a half to 21, I was I was in Disneyland probably every Sunday, uh, close to it. Because uh, I, I lived in Huntington Beach and Disneyland slash downtown disney like if there was a band playing at the house of blues in anaheim disneyland first band second it was it was the best um all right final you guys weren't ready for this but i have one more lightning round for everyone bring it on i mean i know sawyer has you a guys, test but i'm ready you guys inspired this this isn't prepared by the way oh but season two Will we get the child's first words? And whenever we do get the child's first words, what will they be? Matt, I'm coming to you first. Oh, boy. Um, cliche. But, uh, dad. Oh. <laughs> um, when he looks at Mando, he says, dad. Um, I think that'd be cool. Because he's the one that's been... Uh, kind of keeping after him. And Mando is his father figure. He's learning from him whether we as the audience know it or not as if this was reality. It's how a child learns as they watch other people. Um, so I think I think dad would be great. Also, Jose and Sawyer, you two have been fantastic as well. And I've <laughs> loved chatting with you two. I already followed you on TikTok when I saw that you were going to be on here tonight. So I think everybody... Everybody who's watching should also go and do so. You make great content, both of you. Real quick. I'm sorry. I, I need you to finish off one little thing, Matt. Uh, oh, boy. This is okay. a new question from Connor in the chat. Will he speak in reverse like Yoda? <laughs> or, or is Yoda just some Dad, weirdo? Dad, you are. <laughs> Yoda's just some weirdo with a speech impediment. It would be like... What's up, bro? And then dab. <laughs> hey, Dad. <laughs> hit the wall. He'll hit the wall and be like, yeet. <laughs> See, I don't think that he would because he's been learning how to talk from these other characters. I think Yoda grew up at a time, or at least George said this, when, George said this when 
you know, everybody in the galaxy was a bit more formal. And so he himself, you know, he has manners and a reputation to uphold. And I think that I know I'm giving a very thorough answer for a funny question, but I think that he would um, talk normally just like everybody else would. All right. Fair. All right. All right. Jose, Jose, same question to you. Oof. I've been thinking about it and I know in true Star Wars fashion, I think he's going to pull a full on Caesar from Planet of the Apes and be (sighs) no, no. (laughs) So like either Moff Gideon is going to be like about to kill like Jin and he literally uses the force and stops the dark. That would be I like like he's about to die. And he's like like after after seeing so much trauma, be like you know what? I'm gonna put my big boy pants on. No, <laughs> I love that no. so much. So yes, yes, full on dark. Like and and I'm you know Star Wars has done it before. We've seen Vader scream at the top of his iron lungs, being like no. So yes, Luke and Empire. You're so yep. right. <laughs> it's a symphony. What's it called? What? I think George calls it, it like a. It's rhymes. It's, yeah, po- it's, it's like poetry. poetry. It's poetry in motion. <laughs> no, I love that so much. And and I that's that's gonna be it. My, uh, I so, hope so, I hope it's no yeah. or never or something like that. I don't know. Uh, sorry, your thoughts. Um, I mean, if he says anything, I kind of would like it to be towards. The, depending on how they explore that relationship and how it's developing, or where. Where it starts off, we don't even really know when it's going to start off. But I, I'll go out on a limb here and say that it'll be, this is the way. Ooh, I, that was really loud, sorry. This is the way. The way this is. <laughs> this, this is the way. Is the way. Like I don't know. I like it. I, lo- and I, I like it a lot. And I don't think it'll be reverse because I think that, I mean, not to be a scientist, but that's a nature versus nurture thing. And I think yeah. we will probably just... Yoda had brain damage. It's okay. Yeah. Yoda was also nine hundred years old. He was also nine hundred years old. So, like, yes. Oh, oh wait, Hori, I totally forgot. I'm so sorry. My mind is all over the place. But also to Jose and Matt, thank you for joining me, and thank you so much, Brandon, for hosting this and bringing me onto this. I was not expecting to. I was. I was waiting for like. April when you finally get to the Rise of Skywalker to finally make an appearance. So thank you so much for bringing me on. Hopefully I didn't like bog down these amazing theories that you guys were talking about. No, 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 no. no. But um, yeah, no, thank you so much. Um, and yeah, I followed you both. And yeah, I'm just, I'm just so thankful for um, what this family that TikTok has given me. And I'm, you know, I, I love you so much. Thank you for bringing me into your family and, um, you know, allowing me to collaborate and things like this, and just just be a friend. I really, really appreciate your friendship. It means a lot to me. Th- thank you, thank you so much. Like, I, I've I've literally. It, it's weird because we see a lot of the toxicity in it because it kind of pricks our con- conscious, and we're so hyper aware of it when it pops up. But um, honestly, I've never met a better Star Wars community than. You know, like you guys are are just awesome, and there's so many o- other amazing creators I've met that it's. I I, don't, I feel I feel fortunate to have started this. I guess when I did, and to meet these random people who are just just super dope, you know. <laughs> and you know, if we 
I think the next Star Wars celebration is in Anaheim in 2020. If you guys, if anyone comes, let's meet up. Let's do a thing. Or wait, yeah. it's in 2020 or 2021? Sorry, sorry, 20. No, 2022, I believe. Oh, is what the next I was like, oh, be. God. I'll have a degree. 2022. But, <laughs> um, you know, let's 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 do it. Um, but, no, Victoria and I were talking about that. I don't know if you saw, but Victoria and I spent the day in Disney together on Monday. Um, yeah. So she she got to hang out with Victoria Vader, um, who is actually oh, okay. my, my second favorite creator of the app because of the her vader life is just incredible to me um, um yeah, we were talking about like all of us all getting together at celebration at some point but absolutely like, that I mean, was... if anyone's ever in disney i i will drive up there it doesn't matter what day of the week <laughs> i will school. <laughs> uh that's not a good idea but um, <laughs> but I'm not opposed to it. Uh, yeah, I, absolutely. Thank you guys. Thank all of you guys so much for coming here on on the podcast. Um, as as for, I, I can't even share my first words for Baby Yoda because all of you blew mine out of the water so bad. Like, what was it? What was it? I have to know now. We have to know. Honestly, it's been replaced by all of these amazing suggestions. Like, I I no longer have. My, my own like thought you know what I mean um, <laughs> I, it was kind of like you know the the fabled you know children's book are you my mother is like kind of my <laughs> where, where, where my mind was going For but sure. yeah you guys all, all kind of broke my mind on it but um uh, but I do think we will get those words at the end of the first season um and then also want to share element said, you know, the child was born in the same year as Anakin. So if he was the dark side antithesis to the chosen one, that would be really interesting. And I do like that thought. Um, but thank you guys so much for, for joining me. I really, I really appreciate it. I love all your guys' content. Um, I love all the Lego stuff. I've been meaning to do what you dancing, Matt. Oh, um, I love that. Uh, Ho- Jose, the first stuff. I don't, have the strength to manage the versus community because they are <laughs> rough. But Bro. um I I actually want you to do a uh as long as it takes prep Batman versus Doctor Doom. My vote's on Doctor Doom, but I feel like Bro, like that that that's one first of all like the anime community <laughs> is like really hard to please. I'm gonna just like bro the that like I just I just I've I've been doing uh Saitama versus Vegeta and like the I don't know if you you know Which, Saitama I, is I have and, and yeah. Saitama loses to Vegeta. I mean yeah, just and, because we don't know the upper limits doesn't mean they're limitless. Yeah and so like even that Crazy. when I was like and, and people 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 were like messing with me because of my ba- uh, Batman versus Iron Man debate and I'm like I, I need to like tone it down with the superheroes because people are like literally like destroying each other in the comments. I'm like I, I, I'll keep going, but like you know, it's these are just my opinions. Like, there's no way that like Batman can beat like 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 uh, like Doctor Doom at full power. Like, there's just no way. Like, he could he literally evaporated Thanos. Like, it, no way, no way, no way. <laughs> he, he soloed the Avengers and the Fantastic Four with no prep. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> um, I I intentionally did 
Batman versus Itachi because those are the most, the two most staunch fan bases of like how much prep is there? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so I, 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 I love it. I love it. Yeah. And and then and then Sawyer, your content is just always is always hilarious in your Sith character and. Yes. Um, I'm just a fan fan of everything. So I want just want to thank you guys for everything that you do. Um, you guys are what keeps me going in the Star Wars community because I get I get to see some awesome content from from you guys. Thank you so much, and uh, may the force be with you always.